welcome to Betamax Rewind, the only podcast that can take something as innocent and fun as water skiing and turn it into something nasty and perverse. Here are two guys that definitely don't have the nickname Meat, Matt and Duck. <laughs> I don't get the water skiing thing. Uh, when we talked about water sports last week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And we'll get into more of that in just a minute. But uh, so it is me, Matt. Um, how are you doing, Doug? I am glad to be here. I'm it, great. How are you? Good. It is. It was interesting. Just kind of this is going back to the beginning where, you know, Porky's was, was originally going to be the second one that we were going to do. And I got five minutes into it and I realized, yeah, this is just not possible. We cannot do this under the limitations that we have in place for this podcast. But since those limitations went away, this movie came back and it'll be interesting to see what you think of it. Cause it just like how first blood is not exactly the movie you think it is in a lot of ways. Porky's is not either. Correct. Uh, so, but we can, we can get into that while we talk about the movie. Yeah, we can do that. So you ready to do some housekeeping? I am ready to do some housekeeping. And now it's time for podcast housekeeping okay so we'll just do this a little bit round rob and i'll do one you do one um i i have a bunch i don't know how many you have uh i actually had referenced uh two things from save the by the bell last week the second one i really kind of blew by because i couldn't remember it i referenced a dance from save by the bell after lisa sprained her ankle in one of the casey Kasem episodes okay and that dance was called the sprain which i should have been able to put together well yes all right uh we had talked about the Rambo cartoon, Saturday morning cartoon, and that was called Rambo Force of Freedom. It was not getting kids to stay in school or stay off drugs. He fought against General Warhawks and the terrorist organization Savage, which stood for Specialist Administrators of Vengeance, Anarchy, and Global Extortion. The, uh, the, the voice actors are Neil Ross and Alan Oppenheimer. A very unfortunate last name. Oppenheimer, yeah, that would be, yeah, that's, he was one of yeah. the people on the Manhattan Project, right? Oh, right, Robert Oppenheimer. Right. And uh, I had a customer, her last name was Auschwitz. And I, I always thought to myself, why would you not change that? Well, was that the Mary game or, or her, like, was I, that her maiden She was, name? I don't know. She was a, a single gal that lives in the condo. I don't know if she was divorced or widowed or what, but. Her last name was Auschwitz. And I'm sure you've run into a Lipschitz or two over, over your travels. No, not, not, not a Lipschitz. Really? No, um, no some, some very interesting last names. Um, that with, with the, when you put the first name together with that second name, it just doesn't sound right. Yeah. It, and so. we'll get into names a little bit later in this podcast as well. This uh, next thing is there were three separate clips last week that, should have been pulled, but didn't, and I will play two of them for some reason, and I I have no idea why I didn't play this pot this this clip. Hang on her. That was so obvious that I don't understand oh, how that yes. one got missed. No, no, that's that's kind of a standard clip for this show. And then we had talked about uh the rats in the cave scene, uh, specifically how it mm -hmm. related to the last crusade, and I should have pulled this clip. If only I could have been with you. There were rats, Dad. Rats? Yeah, big ones. 
So yeah, there's there's a there's a joke that goes uh, with big rats. Remember, have you ever heard the Dirty Ernie jokes? No. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not going to tell a joke. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> your mother's like, I hear they tell jokes on their podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I will give you the the benefit of actually going with the third clip that should have been pulled that wasn't. Uh, is that the punji steaks? No. Oh, um, then I don't know. Animated? <laughs> Incredibles? No. <laughs> Other animated. <laughs> no, no, oh, no. Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. And one of the things that... Is that when Will's looking down with the binoculars? Is Will's looking down with the binoculars on the cliff? Yeah, yeah. And we, yeah, I mean, we, he sees, uh, okay. Gant. Is Gant, right? Gant has been killed and he's on the rocks. Galt. Galt. Okay. Yeah. Galt. Galt. And Galt. So yes. last week we had actually talked about how I usually give, I send Doug an email that lists all of the podcasts, all the podcasts, all the clips I'm pulling from the movie itself and around the time that they're from. So that way he doesn't tell me or doesn't bother to pull the same things himself. And this week, he actually did still pull some of the same things that I did, but I never tell him about the clips that I'm did going I? to pull that are not from the movie. And so that was Doug's Cleveland clip. And this is no, 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 my Cleveland clip. <laughs> okay, there's a million of them out there. Yeah, it's there's almost like a whole every five episode. Yeah, super cut. Yeah, but Ramble had fashioned some punji steaks, and I had made reference that. There was a soundbite from the Green Berets with John Wayne when it came to punji steaks. Those what they call punji sticks? Yep. The little trick we learned from Charlie. But we don't dip them in the same stuff he does. And of course they are talking about poop. <laughs> Correct. And there's our pooping <laughs> reference for the show. So last week... Um, and it was referenced in the open, we had talked a little bit about water sports. And this is one of those things where, and I know for sure there is one thing that will come up later in this podcast that, that Jen will ask me, what does that mean? Because it is just not in her uh, lexicon of, of terminology. Water sports to her means, you know, waterboarding, water skiing, swimming, something of, of that nature. Waterboarding as in torture? Yeah. Well, no, you know, waterboarding, you know, wakeboarding. Okay. Sorry, yes. which is probably not waterboarding would not be the right one. But it actually made me think of I was I was actually shocked that you didn't ask about this. And Jen and I were talking about it and I said I was I was amazed that Doug never didn't ask if I've ever been peed on. And I said I asked you if you participated in water sports. Okay. Okay. So that's a different question. Okay. So so yes, I, I have been peed on and I think anybody that has male sons that was involved in the diaper changing, you know, regimen, probably got hit by some pee at one point or another during during their um, child rearing days. But I'm actually talking about somebody intentionally peeing on you. And yeah, it, it, it's happened multiple times, never in the water sports area. But uh, yeah. a friend of ours who used to go on the um, our canoeing trip, who doesn't anymore, uh, he was on the basketball team with me in high school. And he was in your class, so he was a junior, I was a senior, and after a game, we're in, we're showering and, you know, just whatever, and I feel something, I turn around, and he's pissing oh. on me. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. Um, do you remember when we went canoeing and we were in the cave? And a friend of show Jerry was was kind of standing up above all of us and just peeing his pants. Because he knew in like two minutes he was going to be climbing back into the river and rinsing it off all the way. And he thought that was so funny. Well, the, the best on the river is we we stop a lot. But one of the things that you generally do when you stop is you pee and you can pee in the river or you can pee in the woods, depending on where you are. But people for some reason, after a decade plus of doing this, haven't learned that you need to be upstream, not downstream from the rest of the group, because otherwise somebody is peeing and it is just rushing over you. Yeah. Do you remember Greg was like in the, in the, he was like, just kind of like, ah, this is so great. He was sitting in the river and somebody was maybe about, I don't know, six, seven feet upstream from him peeing. Yep. Yeah. 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 I don't, no, don't but, feel bad but, about that. My brother intentionally peed on me when we were taking a bath, and all of a sudden, a stream of urine came up from the water and hit me square in the chest. That was intentional. <laughs> my oldest, I don't think my oldest ever peed on me. My youngest, it was like every time I changed his typer, I got hit with something. So, Yeah, and you know, I, it also made me think of uh, if, if something happened to our wives, you, you know, you, you aren't You've been married for a long time, and I know we're not going to get into your personal life, so don't really worry about it, Doug. But you've been married a long time. I've been married a long time as well. And over the course of a marriage, you kind of you find your rhythm with stuff. And, you know, this is what we're into. This is what we're not into, whatever. And you, in a way, you kind of groom your spouse to kind of, like, be in those activities with you. And Jen and I have talked about that would be one of the things that would suck most is if if one of us died is like to get another person to that place where you're in this comfort zone of whatever your thing is. Of course, you know, your stuff is pretty, pretty mild. Yeah, so it, it wouldn't wouldn't probably take as long. But if, you know, something happened to Jen and, you know, I was it was 30 days later. So I, I was, you know, able to start banging other women again. And if a woman said, hey, I got an idea. Can I pee on you? <laughs> <laughs> would you show her the door or would you be like, okay, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, if you want. I don't care. If it's in the shower, I mean, I don't oh, want yeah, to No, I mean, not on the bed. It would have to be someplace where there's not, you know, a, a cleanup involved, like a tub or a shower or something. Yeah. But I right. always figured that is a bargaining chip. That would be a thing that's like, well, I want to buy a $1,000 Lego set. You can't buy a thousand dollars. You peed on me. Okay. Yes, you can buy a thousand dollars like a set. <laughs> or uh, in American Beauty, when Kevin Spacey is working at the drive-through and his wife, who's cheating on him, comes through the drive-through with the guy that she's cheating on, and he just looks at her and he goes, "You can never tell me what to do ever again." <laughs> it's that freedom. Or in Fight Club, when Edward Norton beats himself up. Oh yeah. In his boss's office, and he basically now has carte blanche. Or sure. Kate Blanchett, if you watch 21 Jump Street or 22 Jump Street. And yes. it's the same thing. It's like you you now have this get-out-of-jail-free card, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. So that's all I have for um, housekeeping. I got a couple more. Okay, um, Falcon in the Avengers is Anthony Mackie. I don't know how we didn't get that. Uh, we talked a little bit about Kelly's Heroes. I don't remember what the context of this clip was, but it was in my notes to pull it. Hi, man. What are you doing? I'm drinking wine and eating cheese and catching some rays, you know. This is in the middle of the battle while their tank is being fixed by a mechanic. 
Yeah, I don't remember the context, but yeah, I definitely do remember you talking about that. But then also The Incredibles. Um, I don't remember the context of this one either. And when everyone's super... (laughs) No one will be. I think that was... I said something like, you know, if everything is racist and nothing is racist or or something along those lines. Sure. And then... uh, the last two weeks, we've kind of been discussing Matt's, you know, love for me <laughs> and how he told me that he loved me. And I figured we'd get some sage advice from Red Foreman on this. There are only a few times in life when it's acceptable for a man to use that phrase. When he's drunk, <laughs> when he's dying, or when he's in big trouble and it's the only way out. <laughs> Which usually means he's drunk. So, other than that... Other than that, it's just... A given. See, you got that, Matt. You never have to tell me that you love me again. It's just a given. Okay, okay, I, I'll I'll accept that. Thank you. Okay, and that's that is all I have for housekeeping. Okay, so the, your your blind item for me isn't from housekeeping. Oh yes, I didn't have that in my notes. Um, we talked about Morgan Fairchild from a clip from last week from Friends, and we both wondered, hey, wonder what Morgan Fairchild is up to these days. You think Morgan Fairchild has a fart hole in her house? Morgan, the cockle van is divine. But so rich. Will you excuse me? Where do our Hollywood farts go? I've heard they're filtered into Tom Sizemore's house. (laughs) Ah, Morgan. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, there we go. All right, what have you been up to? Hey, Matt and Doug, what have you been up to? What is new since the last episode? So, my week, I'll go first. Um, Okay. You have a dog. You've had other dogs throughout your life. I'm sure you know that dogs have an internal clock. Yes. Dogs also have an internal calendar. Okay, that I did not know. And what I mean by that is dogs actually can differentiate between different days of the week. Okay. And the reason I know this is because my dog gets me up one day a week. He gets me up on Sunday, and that's it. Because every other day, Jen gets up before I do for work, and then on Saturdays, it's her day to get up early with the dog. So, except for... Sunday, the dog never bothers me. Yeah. And, and on Sundays, you, you, you tell the dog to fuck off? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. If, if it's too early, he comes up yeah. and I say, Joey, fuck off. And then he'll go yeah. back and he'll lay back down for like another hour. Mm-hmm. Jen is out of town right now. Okay. And because of that, you know, I, I had to take care of the dog this morning. And he woke me up at 4.50. Ooh. And I was so tired, I didn't even have the energy to tell him to fuck off. <laughs> Okay. And then so I took him downstairs and I fed him and then threw him outside and then I went back to bed and he came back up to bed as well. And then an hour and a half later, he's like, mm, 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 mm. And I was like oh, Christ, on a cracker. And so I took him downstairs, took him on a quick walk and then went back to bed and locked the door so he would bo- wouldn't bother me. So that is the first thing of what's going on. Okay. Uh, I also have a dog <clears throat> and we had to take him to the vet. Uh, this week, just this was just a regular, you know, wellness check, couple of shots, uh, you know, picking up medication. Unfortunately, with our vet, they're so freaking scared 
that you have to sit in your car, call, they come out and get your dog, and then take the dog inside, do everything, and then they call you and say, okay, da-da-da-da, and then they bring your dog, your dog out to you. And it kind of sucks, because he's going in there by himself. And he, when we pull into the vet, he sits up and just starts shaking. Starts because, freaking out, yeah. Yeah, he's had some bad experiences with his teeth, with his eyes, uh, with some, a couple of other things. Um, and I just feel really bad for him, but god damn, dogs are expensive. Like, oh, yeah. That, that was like a $400 bill. Now, that also included some Frontline and some Next Guard. Uh, it's still 400 bucks just for some shots. And, you know, he got, he got, you know, the, the vet said he had, he got an A plus rating for his health. So we're good there. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's, you know, he doesn't get as much exercise. He's an Alabama dog, so he doesn't like being out in the cold. He gets one, you know, two-mile walk a day, but that's about the extent of the exercise. So the fact that we are keeping him at a steady weight, that he's not gaining weight, is a good thing. So if I was you, I would have negotiated and said, okay, so he, he's got an A-plus health rating. How much would it cost me to keep him in, like, a solid B? <laughs> right. Is this something you can negotiate? No. No, it is not. So I, I will keep on the dog perspective. Okay. Uh, we've talked multiple times over the last year about uh, how my wife snores. And she actually <laughs> talked last week. I think it was last week that she does not, and which is complete bullshit. And I have video that proves that she's snoring, but I'm not allowed to share that. Okay. But the other night we were watching TV. And I am very aware of like just sounds if, if something's humming. Because mm-hmm. it usually means that there's like a, a power supply that's going bad or, or something, but something that is not a, it's, it doesn't sound natural because it's very consistent as far as like the pattern of the sound. So okay. I hear this, and so I pause the show we're watching and it keeps going because you're never sure if it's on the show or not. Sure. And it, it's the fucking dog. And he's down at the edge of the bed. And he's not really snoring so much as he's making this noise. I don't even know what the fuck that is. But Jen took that as, see, I told you it wasn't me. It's the dog. I'm like, no, okay. your snoring is completely different. Okay. Uh, we've got, in the last week, we have gotten a shit ton of snow. And starting yesterday, it became colder than a well digger's ass. Okay. So, or or, or I could say colder than a witch's tit. Mm-hmm. Are you are you familiar with either one of those sayings? Yeah, yeah. There's one guy that's that's one of the many arrows in his quiver of cliches. Sure, um, and it sucks, man, because we were supposed to have a big scouting event today where we were going to cook out and play, and then the local village was going to have their winter fest with a big bonfire and horse drawn hay rides and games, and then we were going to have this big cardboard sled race so you you know we spent all week working on these cardboard sleds and then we were going to have a race and uh good times and all all over would have been would have ensued but we canceled our event and then they canceled the entire event so that sucks it's you know we're finally able to get together and we can't do anything We're, we're rescheduling the sledding event for two weeks from now when it should be in the upper 20s or low 30s but um yeah, man, it's, it, it, it hurts your face to go outside. Yeah, and I actually had it, – it's cold in my notes as well, but you actually took it a different direction, which reminded me of – I haven't had one of these in a while. You know what really grinds my gears? So it doesn't snow much here. I mean, I think in the last two weeks, we've had 
two times when we've had to shovel. And that is the total amount of times we've had to shovel this entire winter. I can think of entire winters where the number of times I had to shovel, you can count on one hand. It's not that big of a deal. But it really pisses me off people that do not shovel their sidewalk. Oh, yeah, dude. That's the, that's like somebody letting their dog just shit on the side of the sidewalk and then, and then kind of flicking it into the woods. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. But so we live like three houses into a given block. And when my kids used to take the bus to school, they would walk down to the corner and it was myself, a neighbor, and then a third neighbor that was on the corner. And he has like a corner lot that has like the both sides of the sidewalk. Sure. And he never fucking shovels. And he's a cop. Um, which So he should know better. Yeah, he knows that legally you have to. Mm-hmm. And when my kids were still taking the bus to school, when he wouldn't shovel, I would shovel his half of the sidewalk that basically got my kids down to the bus stop, but I would not do the other half. And one time he, he caught me <laughs> when I was shoveling his sidewalk uh-huh. and he was kind of giving me the evil eye and I was waiting for him to say something to me. And he just kind of shook his head and then went inside. It's like, Hey fucker. Um, yeah. I shouldn't be the one that doing this. You should be the one doing this. But so that's, and that's what really grinds my gears. Is he one of those cops where he's like, I am the law. I, I don't know. I've never really talked to him. Okay. I forgot to mention that while I was watching that Green Berets clip with John Wayne, mm-hmm. that George Takai is in that movie. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> I've been practicing that all day. <laughs> See, that's not my go-to. Is, actually, it's my first attempt. <laughs> yes. That wasn't a very good George Takai. No, it wasn't. But, you know, <laughs> I didn't know that you were going to spring a George Takai impersonation <laughs> contest on me. I win. Um, I did forget something from housekeeping, though. Oh, okay. I forgot this. I'm the blower of snow in this house. (laughs) Unfortunately, you were talking too quick for me to just say, I'm the blower. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So we're planning our spring break, which we invited you to come along, but our spring breaks don't jive. So we're going to Mammoth Cave in Kentucky. And, And of course, you know, I rent the Airbnb and then I'm like, okay, well, now it's time to go to Mammoth Cave's website and book some tours. And they're only booking tours up to March 5th. And it's like, you can book tours up to six months in advance. I'm like, what the fuck? Why can't I not book a tour? So I tried calling the recreation.gov phone number. And you've got to go through 16,000 different prompts. Press push one for this, push two for this, until you finally get to the right prompt. And then it says, your wait time is five minutes. I'm like, okay, cool. On a Saturday morning... Getting into the federal government, I've only got a five-minute wait. And then my five-minute wait was 10 minutes. And then all of a sudden, the next time, they're like, your wait time is 20 minutes. So somebody just looked at all the calls on there and said, fuck it, I'm going to lunch. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Yeah, but that's typical government bureaucracy, I guess. So uh, I've talked multiple times about how I do the grocery shopping. And the way I do grocery shopping is anything... My wife doesn't need to put anything on the list that's for me. Anything that's for me, she doesn't have to worry about. I'll take care of getting my own stuff. And you're gonna get your own, you're you're gonna get your own little Debbie's and uh, Cheetos. Yeah, we've okay. we've talked about this. out. anything that is not on the list is mine and is nobody else's, and nobody else is supposed to eat it. And how that makes me a bad person. That's not what this is about. Do you have a special shelf in the pantry that's just your your shelf? No, I do not. I but. used to hide stuff in the outside refrigerator, but I. They figured that out, so I just completely abandoned it. 
But sometimes there's stuff on the list that I either can't make out what the writing is mm-hmm. or I'm just not sure what she means. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> when I try to get exactly what's on the list and sometimes she'll throw me a curveball because she'll give me coupons and she'll give me coupons for something that's not on the list. So then I'm like, am I still supposed to buy it because there's a coupon or, or what? I don't understand how that works. But today there was, do you know what Mio is or Mayo? No. It is like this concentrate liquid and you like do a couple little squirts of it into a glass of water and stir it and it makes it into like a grape drink or an orange drink or whatever. Okay. And my kids drink those a lot. And it said Mio Tang, orange drink. And they had Mio and then they had Tang, which was similar but not made by Mio. And she just meant that it was Mio. But get, the, get the orange drink. Right, exactly. So I got home. Okay. And, and I said, well, I bought these two Tang things. Like you said, I'm hoping this is the right thing. She said, yeah, your oldest wants it. And I'm like, well, he's 17 years old. It's about time he gets interested in Tang. It's <laughs> a long way to go for that joke. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. And, and that, when you tell a joke like that, what does, what does your missus do? Does she roll her eyes or? Oh, I, I shop them. I workshop them through her first. And then okay. depending on her reaction, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's going in the podcast notes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, I, there's, I can't say a lot of dirty stuff around my wife because she'll just kind of get disgusted. Like we know some people that are Greek and what, what's the one sex thing that Greeks are kind of known for? Uh, as a friend of the show, Joey's wife is unappreciative of ass play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I brought that up and she was just like, ah. Oh, can you just please not talk like that? I'm like, this is who I am. You're, you're you're inhibiting me. So, yeah, this is my outlet. This is my outlet to get a little bit naughty. <laughs> okay. And that is all I have for what's going on. Uh, me as well. Okay, great. So, okay, this is going to be a problem, but we'll see how it works. Okay. That dog got added again. Guess that sound and you are awesome. What movie will it be from? I really want to know. Oh, so, I got, hold on. I got one more housekeeping item. Okay. I'm sorry. Sorry. So I had made mention, yeah, last week we were talking about dogs, how I said I've never met a mean uh, pincher, mm-hmm. but I've also never met a nice German shepherd. And friend of show Joey corrected me on that because we went over to their house last Sunday for a cocktail or two, uh, just to kind of hang out. And this was the first time that we were in their house and had any meaningful interaction with their dog. And their dog is half German Shepherd. So friend of Joey corrected me on that. I have met a nice German Shepherd. Okay. Okay. So basically what you're saying is, duh, fucked up. But this was, we recorded the podcast prior to me. Meeting the dog. Okay, so then, never mind. Okay, I'm not going to play yeah. the song again. I think this <laughs> okay. is going to be a problem for Sound of the Week, so if it is, I have a backup plan. So Okay. So here's the sound. Is is that Whopper from War Games? 
Wow, really? Yeah. Holy shit. That was, I pulled that one straight out of my inner depths of my anus. So I was, after I pulled it, I'm like, I think I've done this one already. <laughs> no, you have not. Okay, because I actually pulled two other ones just in case. So We'll save those. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hold on to those. Okay. So, so all this talking about, uh, you know, I almost pulled the Chappelle uh, R. Kelly clip for the water sports discussion. Oh. That's one of the clips that I, I said, no, I got enough, so I'm not going to pull it. But okay. I, I don't know about you, but... You're the top this week, so you go first. So, did I hear a little? No, no. I I've got a regular twelve ounce can, which is I'm able to keep in my little Arctic thingamabobber. So, so because this is a a throwback week, I decided to actually do a throwback. And there is a gas station that I go to to buy gas, amongst other things, and they sell individual cans of things. So, when I was in there getting gas earlier today. I picked up a giant, what is this, a 40-ounce white claw, <laughs> black cherry. <laughs> a white claw, 40-ounce white claw. <laughs> so, yep, I know what it is. It's it's fine. Okay. Uh, I am drinking a Three Sheeps Brewing Water Slides Indian Pale Ale made brewed in Sheboygan. Wait, did I do this one last week? No, no I did not no, do this No, I don't think one. so. No, I did not do this one last week. I've had it before. It's tasty. Yummy. Let's go. Okay, so you all set to get into the movie itself? I am all set to get into the movie itself. Okay, great. It's a long road. (laughs) I'm not going to. That can be just the the brand new theme that we play over like every movie from now on. (laughs) Right. No, but I actually have a good one. Welcome to Beta Max. That's not it. Porky's was released on November 13th, 1981. It was written and directed by Bob Clark, best known for A Christmas Story and Black Christmas. And I think Doug has a clip about him. Oh man, when that when that fat broad grabbed that kid's crank through the hole, <laughs> where did I get their ideas? Eh? Where did I get them? Okay, and the movie stars Don Monahan as Pee Wee, who also appeared in Up the Creek, Mark Harrier as Billy, who is currently on the show Bosch, Wyan Knight as Tommy, Keki Hunter as Wendy, and Roger Wilson as Mickey. They, like most of the cast, appeared in these movies, their sequels, and for some odd reason, Baby Geniuses. Uh, and, and really not much else. Others of note that we will not talk about later specifically is specifically Kim Cattrall, who plays Lassie and is best known for Star Trek The Undiscovered Country, and Nancy Parsons as Ball Bricker. The movie cost $5 million and grossed 136. It has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 33 with critics and 57 with audiences. So, Doug, did you see this in the theater? I did not see this in the theater because I was eight years old, but I, <laughs> I do remember <clears throat> all of the controversy. And 
There were a couple of different release dates of this movie in the United States. Uh, I think it was released wide in March of 82, but just had some small, some smaller release cities, uh, in November of 81. Because I specifically remember going to the cinema at Brookfield Square. And at that cinema, you, you know, you walked through, got your tickets, the snack line or snack counter was to your right. And then you walk to the back of the the suite, and there were the two doors to go into the two theaters. And we were seeing one movie um, on the right side, and Porky's was playing on the left side. And I remember my brother going, come on, we got to go to the bathroom. I'm like, huh? He's like, come on, come on. And we left the movie that we were seeing, and I could not find, like, a movie that lined up with this with either one of these release dates that I saw. But we went into Porky's thinking that it was just going to be a giant boob fest. Like there was just, like the whole movie was just going to be boobs and vagina. <laughs> and there were a bunch of other people that were kind of doing the same thing. There were a bunch of dudes kind of standing in the back of the theater watching. And we watched for a couple of minutes and nothing really happened. So we left. I don't remember the first time that I saw this. Probably on HBO or was at somebody's house and they had it on VHS. Yeah, this is a movie that I either saw on Select TV or we rented on on Beta, probably from American TV, which was doing movie rentals at that time. Okay, but you had talked about a little bit the the controversy, and and I think a lot of it was all about the shower scene. The shower scene was a thing that was really really talked about, and we'll get into that when we actually get to the the part of the shower scene. But it is a 20th century Fox movie, and there is no fanfare at at the end. I know you had talked about that before. Some movies have it. Some movies do not. And right away, the first thought in my head was, I was surprised there were no rights issues with Porky's because of Porky Pig. Yeah, but they weren't calling it Porky Pig. It was Porky's. Right. And the the pig, even though similar to Porky Pig, was not exactly the same as, as Porky sure. Pig. And the movie starts and... Do you want to say anything about your alarm clock, Doug? Well, the movie starts with Pee Wee sleeping, and he, you know the classic, you know the the radio the radio kicks in as an alarm. It's like, hey, it's six fifty nine, and it's, it's sunny. Da 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 da. But it made me think of this passive aggressive alarm clock. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but the sun's been up for like an hour. No, 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 no. You don't have to get up. Let your wife do everything. Just keep sleeping. You're a good husband. I'm sure she doesn't fantasize about your contractor who's already downstairs working on... Well, I can't really figure out what he's working on. Oh, I know. Your wife. And then, you know, we, we are it kind of pans over and we get our introduction of Pee-wee himself, not to be confused with the other famous Pee-wee. My kids love that movie, that, and that movie is on a short list for this podcast. Okay, but we see Pee-wee's face for a second, and it pans down, and he's got morning wood. And I think it was at this point during the watch through nine months ago where I, when I thought, yeah, this might be a problem. <laughs> it, it was pretty quick. And his his mom is knocking on the door, and he jumps over and he jumps onto his erection, and that just maybe kind of 
twitch a little bit in, you know, phantom pain? Yeah, you know, it's, oh God, about a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, I walk into the bathroom and this is in the morning and my wife is taking like a, like a a, a Clorox wipe and she's kind of wiping up the floor in front of the toilet. And she kind of looks up at me and I go, sorry, it's three o'clock in the morning. I got sleep, a sleep hard on. I do my best to get everything into the bowl. I'm going to get a few drops on the floor. (laughs) No, I, I think... You know, the, the morning hard on piss is, is up there. And it's probably actually a little bit worse than, than the post coital piss. Oh, yeah. Where you got like one stream going this way and one stream yeah. going that way. Yeah. Cause the, I mean, it's, it, you, you have to put your hand up against the wall, kind of, <laughs> kind of brace yourself. So you're at, at more of an angle. So you can really bend down. And have you ever bent your dick, your hard on down so far that your heels come up off the floor? <laughs> Well, it's it's like the the scene in movies when they're doing the romantic kiss and they're up on their heels, same kind of motion. Right. Well, I think it happens in um, Austin Powers' The Spy Who Shagged Me. Right. Because I I know they address the the pee going multiple ways at the same time in in one of the Dumb and Dumber movies. Uh, yeah. And I think a deleted scene from the 40-year-old version also. Okay. But But, yeah, he measures himself. (laughs) And... So I gotta ask, Doug. Yeah, no, I have not. Sarah, I have never you me- never measured your I have, dick. I have never measured my dick before. Oh God, I, I mean, I, I did when I was mm-hmm. a kid, certainly. The, but see, then, then the follow-up question is like, do you cheat or do you measure legit? Do you go all the way from the back of your ball sack? Or <laughs> yeah, do you measure like- from the taint or, or from <laughs> <Yeah>. the stump? Because <laughs> you know, measuring from the taint gives you an extra inch. Sure, oh, more than that, I think. God, probably about two inches. But, you know, Pee-wee has, has been keeping a chart of his dick length on a daily basis, and he comes up with a disturbing conclusion. It is. It's getting shorter. Yeah, that would I, be a huge fear. <laughs> yeah, I think in Porky's 2, the movie starts out the same way, but he has to look at a National Geographic to get an erection. Yes, and he also, with the, the chart, he just kind of does a thing where he goes off the chart, because now that he's gotten laid, it doesn't really matter anymore. Okay. So we cut to the parking lot, or it's not even the parking lot. There's a couple of people driving. And one of the things I, I, I got to say I loved about this film is the old cars. Sure. Do you know Do you know what year this was supposed to take place in? Uh, 54, 55. Wow. Yeah, it's 1954. Okay. And we start getting introduced to the characters. And one of the things I noticed about this film is there are a shitload of different characters in this film. And it was hard to keep track of all of their names. Too. Oh, yeah. I, know. I mean, you had Pee Wee and you had Meat and Wendy, but all the other guys, Tim and Billy and Mickey and Timmy Brian, and yeah. Yeah. It was tough keep, keeping track of all their names. So, yeah, we, we get introduced to, and this is the only time I used him by his last name. It is Jarvis. Um, and Jarvis is a racism, is a racism, is a racist. Um, He's the white trash dude. So I think, okay, so back in the 50s in Florida, Florida was like, a transient state. Not a lot of people were born and raised in Florida, kind of like Arizona. Mm-hmm. And I think the dude, who is the white trash guy? What is his name? Tim is the guy. Tim. Yeah. Yes. And his brother is the cop. And I no, think no, no. They... Tim is the racist. Tim is the one who has a problem with Brian. Uh... Yeah, but there's the white trash dude who, because they're talking about getting the colored guy. Right, yeah. To do it That's for Jarvis. I, I can't remember what his first name is. It's in later in my notes, but. Yeah, he's the one that keeps on getting beat up. Beat up, yeah. He uh, keeps on going Mickey, back to Porky. Mickey, Mickey, yeah, Mickey, it's Mickey. Mickey. 
and he drops the N-word. Yeah, and that was another thing where I'm just like, is it? Yeah. But this is going to be a weird thing to say. This movie is actually pretty progressive. I was just going to say that. It's pretty progressive because the other two characters are like, come on, man. You can't talk. You can't do that white trash talk. Even for 81, it's pretty progressive. But that that goes to tell you that these guys probably came from, like, the East Coast. Because this is... This Angel Beach is near is a fictional town that I think is near Miami. Okay. So a lot of these guys probably came from the you know the East Coast. Yeah, and as they, they these guys the three of these guys it's Billy Timmy and what's Jarvis's first name again Mickey Mickey yeah. are are planning something and we don't know what it is yet but we're introduced to Wendy and Wendy is kind hold, of, hold on hold on one sec yeah. Um, when they, when they kind of bust his balls about saying the N word, Mm -hmm. he uses a phrase that is near and dear to my heart. He says, fuck you and the horse you rode in on. (laughs) So last week we talked about the trip that I took with my dad and my brother, where we started off in San Diego, went to LA and then went across to Death Valley to Las Vegas. But before that we went to Sequoia National Forest. And the sequoia trees, they're, they're the trees that are like 20, 30 feet wide. They're huge. You can, they have ones with a tunnel that you can drive up. Is that where the speeder bike chase for Return of the no, Jedi is from? That was Redwood. Okay. That was, yeah. Redwoods are super tall. Sequoias are super wide. Um, and I locked the keys in the car and we had to get a park ranger to get one of the little zip things to, to, uh, yeah, pull sh- it open. Shimmy just, yeah, but, yeah. And I really didn't want to be there. I wanted, we were in LA and I wanted to go to Disneyland or Ma- um, Magic Mountain or whatever the other big theme park was. And my dad was like, nope, we're not doing that. We're, we're doing what I want to do. So we're driving now from Sequoia through Death Valley and Las Vegas. And I told my dad, I'm like, dad, you know, I'm 13. I'm really not enjoying this trip. I'm really disappointed that we didn't get to do what I wanted to do. And he turns around and he's like, fuck you and the horse you rode in on. <laughs> yeah, that, that's I, I don't know the first time I heard that, but I know that that's something that I've heard countless times. Sure. But we're, we're introduced to Wendy and Wendy is, I don't want to call her like the town W because she's not portrayed that way. She's actually... It, this is a very sex positive movie where they do not kind of slut shame her. Yeah, exactly. But and she's one of the guys, but she's got, she's kind of has a jacked up grill. Yeah. That, that I'll ask you that in a minute, <laughs> but <laughs> apparently they had set up Wee with Wendy because they wanted to get went They wanted to get Wendy. They want to get Wee laid. And what had Wee done that kind of fucked it all up? He, he wore a rubber to the date. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw this movie, I did not see what the problem with this was. <laughs> <laughs> so I know a couple of guys that when they were in high school, they went to this girl's house and one of the guys was getting blown and the other guy was nailing the other chick. And um, the one guy's mom came to pick him, pick them up. So they had to basically quit doing what they were doing and leave. And uh, my one buddy tells the story how they're both in the back seat and his other buddy elbows him and he goes, listen to this. And he snapped the rubber that was still on his cock. They had to leave in such a hurry. He still had the rubber on his dick. Did I, did I tell you the story about um, I, one of, in a couple of movies? I think it was probably when we were talking about Fast Times at Ridgemont High. 
talking about how you know high school guys are full of shit as far as what they've done, what they haven't oh, yeah. done. Mm-hmm. And we were at a guy's house in my subdivision. It wasn't Bob Jansen's house, so that kind of narrows it down for you whose house we were at. And mm-hmm. a bunch of us, it was uh, we're sitting upstairs, and my, my buddy whose house it was, his his bedroom was in the in the basement, uh-huh. and. You know, the rest of us are just sitting around drinking beers, whatever. And he comes up and he's got his shirt off, but he's got blue jeans on and that's it. And so we're just like, oh, so you're going to fuck her? You're going to fuck her? And he just whips his pants down. (laughs) He has a rubber on. He's like, already did. I did not need to see that. No, certainly not. But now we're introduced to um, Beulah, Beulah Ballbricker. And do you know where she died? No. She died in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Really? And that is actually, speaking of Wisconsin deaths, we actually missed a huge one for what's going on. Okay. Dustin Diamond. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. He he died, and all the stories came out about how it, they had just found out he got cancer literally weeks after I had announced it on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, he, I think he knew he had cancer, but it's kind of one of those... Men are afraid to go to the doctor because they're afraid of what their doctor is going to say to them. Like, mm-hmm. you need to lose weight. Your blood pressure is too high. You need to quit drinking. You need to quit smoking. Oh, what's that weird lump? They're, I think men honestly are afraid, not afraid of going to the doctor, but hearing what their doctor is going to tell them. Um, and that may have been the case. Okay. That, make, that, that makes this, sense. That he had this lump in his neck and kind of knew that it was cancer, but... Didn't want to do anything about it. Yeah. So here we're also introduced to meat for the first time. And there are a bunch of younger or not not younger, but just kind of like side women, women who aren't, you know, germane to the plot. And one of them walks over to meat and asks him this. Why do they call you meat? Really want to know? Yes. Okay. Come on. I'll show you. So but they stop him. They're like, hey, if you get suspended again. You're going to get kicked off the team. Right. And in a deleted scene, that they actually did allow him to, to do this, and this is how that went. Excuse me while I whip this out. <laughs> this is a giant <laughs> cock. So, yeah. Yeah, but uh, you see you see that these these buddies are always looking out for each other's best interests. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, the, the, the chump of the group, Pee-wee, they're all you know, collectively trying to get him laid. Right. And did you actually recognize Meat? Anything? He's from Die Hard 2. Yeah, he's one of the goons in Die Hard 2, correct. Did yes. you know that before you read it on IMDb? Oh, yeah. I remember seeing that years ago and going, hey, that's Meat. So um, in, in our high school, there were a there wasn't a guy nicknamed Meat, but there were a couple guys that we're friends with who did have nicknames about their penis. Yeah, there's one guy, his nickname was The Legend. Okay, that one I don't know. I'm talking about The Hook. Okay, yes. And then, of course, you know, The Beautiful Penis. The Beautiful Penis? Yeah. Yeah, The, the Legend was a couple of years younger than us. Okay. I think you were, you were out of high school. He's the younger brother of a guy that goes canoeing with us, and his nickname is The Legend. Okay. But the, the guys, uh, that being Mickey, Timmy, and Billy, are, are setting up a scam, and they say something like this woman moves like an eel. This is actually a phrase that is said twice in that film, in the film. I've never heard that before. It could have been a 1950s thing. But 
Pee-wee, <laughs> they're talking about what Pee-wee's qualifications for wanting to be with a woman, and his standards are fairly low. I don't care if it's dead as long as it's not too cold. <laughs> All right. And they do this kind of like a completely sidebar thing with a hard-boiled egg. And it's just kind of filler. But it, one thing it does establish is it establishes the camaraderie amongst the guys and how they yes. are, like you said, all looking out for each other. And Pee Wee ends up like hitting a, a, a raw egg, not a hard boiled egg on meat. And as she walks by, Tommy is just taunting Ballbricker. Yeah. And, Tommy, Tommy is by far my favorite character in this movie. Which, yeah, I, I would probably agree. And the funny thing is, is he actually reminds me of one of our friends, and he's not the favorite one of our friends for me. Okay. <laughs> but definitely has the same kind of personality. Sure. But Pee-wee is, is talking to Miss Walker, and I don't know if there's more to this movie originally that got cut, because she's mentioned a couple times, but she's very, she's in it almost not at all. Well, she's naked in the shower. Oh, she is one of the naked people in the oh, shower? yes. Well, she, yeah, she, yes. She, and she's, when she's fully clothed, She's very pointy. Yeah, she has very pointy boobs, but I love the yellow shorts that she has on. Oh, yeah, man. She's 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 smoking hot. And now we're introduced to Tim. Timmy is a, a tad bit anti-Semitic. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. And we are introduced to the three coaches, uh, none of which are given names, except one is giving, given a name towards the end. So I refer to him as the old coach, the mid-coach, and the young coach. Okay, and the young coach is... In Heartbreak Ridge, he has a pretty big role in Heartbreak Ridge with Clint Eastwood. Okay, he's the he's the pl- platoon lieutenant, I believe. And we are introduced to Lassie, whose real name I believe is Miss Honeywell. Yes, who, who's played by Kim Cattrall. And the younger coach wants to know why they call her Lassie. He asks the middle coach this, and it's it's kind of a taunt that goes on for half the movie with the, the the middle coach kind of taunting the younger coach to find out why. Mm-hmm. But once again, more of Tommy taunting Ballbricker. And then Tim continues his anti-Semitic rant, and we find out that there's a Jewish character, Brian. And this is kind of where we had said this was kind of a progressive film for its time, because they actually address racism and anti-Semitism and things like that. And most films for this time period would not have done that. No, yeah, there's there's all kinds of racist talk in the locker room. And you can just tell the rest of the guys are, they're not cool with it. But a couple of the guys, they go running to try to see the women showering. And they sneak into this crawl space. And the brilliance of this scene is there is just a flash of nudity. It's It's literally a woman kind of like walking around and we just see her ass for like half a second. Mm-hmm. And after all of the buildup before this film... All of the rumors, all the things you'd heard about this shower scene. I remember the first time I saw it, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. That's it? That's it? Yeah. But Pee Wee yeah. is being loud. Yeah. And he wants, he wants to see some naked people. Have you ever done any peeping? Uh, no. no okay. not, not that I can think of. I mean, <laughs> no. No, I okay. mean, there have been times where, like, we're on vacation and... Our, our shower that we have, we have like a frosted shower. Okay. And some of the times when we've been on vacation, we have a shower that has just like a glass door. Mm-hmm. And I'll leave the, the bathroom door 
to the shower area open so I can watch my wife shower, but I don't think it really counts as peeping, watching your that wife. That does not count as peeping. So, uh, the only peeping that I've ever done is we were at um, – my stepdad's was, was in a softball tournament or something. So we were at this, I don't know, municipal park, and the toilets were basically just a wooden building, a very small wooden building, a one-holer, and there was a wooden wall that separated the men and the woman. And I was probably 11 or 12, so I knew better, but, you know, I didn't have the best influences growing up. (laughs) And there was a little, like, piece of toilet paper stuck in a hole. And I pulled out that little piece of toilet paper and realized, hey, I could look through that hole and see into the woman's bathroom. And I saw a side view of 80s muff coming out. There you go. That's all I saw. Have you ever been to Ottawa Lake? Yes. So at Ottawa Lake, they have like this wooden changing room structure, which is, is, it's a building, but it's kind of open air Mm -hmm. where the roof is not really a roof. It's just like, Slats. And they I, may have. They may have. That, that may have been changed by now. Oh, probably. I mean, the last time I was there was probably thirty-five years ago. Okay. But I do remember trying to crawl up over so I could take a peek down on the other side because the men and the women's side were connected. So I guess yes. Did you see anything? No, no, I no nothing at all. Okay. So, so um, they the the scam that we still don't know exactly what it is. It's a bunch of guys. They're going to meet this woman to have to bang her individually and Pee-wee has to go home and warm up. <laughs> right. Right. Do you, you, have, you ever do up? that? Yeah. Have you ever done the, um, what is that when, uh, not there's something about Mary where, you know, you, you rub one out ahead of time. You don't want to go into a date with a loaded gun. I've never done that. No, either have I. No, because I, uh, the odds of it are no, no, never, never done that. And I think I, I take a long time. Regardless, I don't care how long it's been. I, I take a long time. So okay, but they're driving out into it looks like into the Everglades. <laughs> yes, and there's this shack in the woods. And my comment about the shack is it makes the Shangri La look like the Taj Mahal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. And yeah, not for the for the first time, but not for the last time. There, do you keep on shuffling papers? No. Okay. Sorry. That's right. I, I mean, I shuffled a piece of paper because I'm changing my notes, but... Okay, I just heard this... But they, they're using stupid bird calls to kind of communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. And they get into this shack, and they are fighting over the order of who gets to have sex with this woman first. Correct. Now... That's, that, that, that's kind of messed up. I, I, I want you to, to put yourself into this situation, Doug. So you're... You have to get into your junior in high school mind. Okay? Okay. Would you participate in something like this? No. Okay. Absolutely not. And I and I I I can say that with certainty because I saw Biloxi Blues with Matthew Broderick when I was young. And it was kind of the same thing where it was one hooker and five or six guys were all waiting in line to do this one hooker. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking to myself, and this is before I had ever had sex with anybody, but I knew I wanted to have sex with somebody, thinking to myself, that's gross. That's just, ugh. I would never do that. Yeah, I I don't know. Um, you know, it, it's, it's tough to say no for sure. I'd like to think that I wouldn't, but knowing me, I probably would have. Um, <laughs> and that's just me, me being honest. But 
the three guys that know it's a scam, they have everybody else get nude. And what is the reason that they all have to get nude? She has Cherry Forever, who is played by, uh, I don't know what her name is, but she's Webster's mom on Webster. Yeah, I did not know before this movie that she was Webster's mom. (laughs) Yeah, she has to look for VD. And this is kind of, this is another part where they're all lined up, like, touching shoulder to shoulder, thigh to thigh. Oh, yeah, I get that in just a second. Yeah, and so, yeah, she has to to look at their junk to see if they have VD or not. And when the three guys tell the rest of them that they have to get nude right away, meat is kind of like, what is this bullshit? But Pee-wee is immediately nude and he's just going i'm I'm gonna get laid and he has this to say yes virginia there is a santa he's so happy so happy and you know i i didn't know until you'd sent the clip that uh you you knew that she was the mom from webster how did you know she was the mom from webster just by looking at her just from looking at her so i watched this uh on plex and if you have it before you start it, if you scroll down, it'll show you all the people in it and it'll show like what they were in. Mm-hmm. And that's how I'm like, holy crap. I, I mean, I've seen this film multiple times and I'm sure I saw Webster a handful of times. So I was really, and this is one of two Webster connections in this film. Yes. But she comes out and she is checking out all of their junk and she has some specific commentary to say about Pee Wee's junk in, in particular. This is Pee Wee. I'll say. What do you use for a jock strap, kid? A peanut shell and a rubber band? Hey. We're going to have to tie a board across his ass. He's liable to fall in. <laughs> Save your energy needle, Dick. You're going to need it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just the, okay. Yeah, I know. It, it, it just rings so true as like something that would be said. But you, you, you touched on it just a little bit. But the, you have all these guys that are sitting on a bench. A- at that age... That's a lot of erections in that room. And, you know, I've been in locker rooms. I don't care about being naked in front of other people. But I don't want to be on a bench with a hard on next to Bob Jansen in limo, the dateless wonder, lawn chair, et cetera. All these guys. All, and all touching each other. Yeah. It's all lots of skin on skin. Yeah. No, I, I don't care about people seeing me naked. That's not a big deal. But I don't need Eugene to be seen at attention. That's just not something that I need. No. Certainly not. And Billy and Tommy are setting up the ruse, and they have this huge guy, who, by the way, is not in the credits. Okay. Um, this huge black guy, and they are painting a machete with fake blood. And, and putting blood... Uh, it's not Tommy. Who's the other guy? Billy. Billy's putting blood all over himself. And, you know, Cherry starts with the fake moaning, like she's having sex. And did you see the World War II thing on the wall? No. Uh, Kilroy. Was, oh, okay, was on the sure. wall. Which okay. that's a World War II thing, right? Yes, it is. And the 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 black guy that is going to be the husband is just laughing his balls off. Mm-hmm. And this is one of a couple times in this film where the people in the movie itself are laughing so hard about what's going on. And honestly, there there are a couple times in this film where I had to stop it because I was laughing so hard. Oh, really? Oh, okay. yeah. And so they they break the window and then. This whole thing goes down. What's going on, you motherfucker? I'll kill you, white boy. Don't mind me. We didn't know she was your wife. 
And then he comes busting through the door. Literally busts (laughs) through the door. And I was laughing out loud. And then all the naked guys just scatter. Mm -hmm. And all of them, except for one, come back. And the one that doesn't come back is is Pee-wee. Right. And he's he's running down the road. And this is where the cop car, who is uh, Mickey's brother, is like the town sheriff. And he's like, I think I know that kid. <laughs> but he does the, hey, it's a, it's a real, it's a boring night. And it's like, just wait, that'll change. Mm-hmm. But the, the, what, what do you call, what is like your terminology for a U-turn, like slang for pulling a U-turn? Uh, pulling a U-E? So we always call it flip a bitch. Okay. No, we call it, call it pull a U-E. Okay. But they, they hit the siren and they pull Pee Wee over. And then we're cut, then we cut to a scene at a 50s diner that mm-hmm. the couple scenes take place in. Do you know what the name of this diner is? Uh, I saw it, but I didn't write it down. It's Deadbeats. Yes, Deadbeats. But it, it kind of reminded me of like LeDuke's after a sure. basketball game. Yeah, or Al's, Al's drive in at Happy Days. Right. And everyone else is there. And the, the cops bring Pee-wee in, and he's just wearing a cop shirt. And this is the kind of thing where it breaks from what we talked about earlier with the guys are kind of looking out for each other. They just abandoned the guy. <laughs> they didn't mm-hmm. know that he gotten picked up by the cops. Right. They weren't out looking for him going, hey, Pee-wee, Pee-wee. Yeah, they just abandoned him. And we're introduced to Tim's dad, who is mm-hmm. a alcoholic. It looks like he's got a 14-year-old riding on the bike with him. <laughs> yeah, he, she definitely does not look of age. No. But how would he already know that Tim ran away from a black guy? Because that's the yeah, reason I, he's pissed at him. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. Apparently news travels fast in Angel Beach. Sure. But his his dad had just gotten out of prison, and what was he in prison for? Manslaughter. Manslaughter. He ripped off a guy's ear as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... Pee-wee says something about if he goes a couple of weeks without getting laid, he gets jittery. Yes. Yeah, this is very true as far as, like, the bravado that a lot of kids, at least when we were in high school, the way they talked. Like, oh, I'm getting laid all the time. And sure. the majority of them probably were not. Correct. And how much of that did you believe when when you were in high school? Uh, a 50-50. Because some guys, there was just no way. And then there's other ones that's like, okay, yeah, I, I buy that. But it is Mick who says that they, they need professional help. And mm-hmm. what is that professional help? Going to Porky's. And what has Porky's just gotten? Uh, a bunch of Cubans. Cigars? What cigars? Kramer said I was supposed to bring him back some Cubans. We are the Cubans. <laughs> I actually 30, almost they, pulled that clip. They need 30 bucks each. Yeah. Okay. This was 1954. What is... 1954's thirty dollars worth in t- today's dollars. I would say 140, 150 bucks. Two hundred and ninety dollars. Wow, wow, that's that's, a, that's lot. a lot of money. Yeah, that's a lot of money. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. But they they talk about how they have a basketball game the next day, and basketball is a very minor subplot. And I wouldn't even call it a subplot. It's just kind of a thing that they have in a couple scenes, but it doesn't really add up to anything. It is actually a huge plot point in the sequel. Yes, it is. And do you know what the main plot in the third one is? No, I don't. They put on a play. Okay, I don't think I ever saw the third one, and the second one, I don't know if I saw it all the way through. 
I watched both of them in the last like three months. Okay. They're okay. You know, nothing special. But, uh, they're gonna, they say how far Porky's is away. Porky's is 70 miles out in the Everglades. Mm-hmm. And your favorite character is, I guess, the deciding factor. And he says, this is his life's motto. Or actually, I'll let you say, do you know what his life's motto is? No, I don't. Well, you know my motto. Give me pussy or give me death. Yeah. <laughs> so they're not going to go that night. They're going to go after their, their game. So it's the next day they're at school and somebody has a giant novelty condom. I think it's Tommy got it. Okay. And do you know how much it cost? No. $2.49. Okay. Which would be $24 today. Okay. For a giant novelty condom. I actually bought one of those at Spencer's for a Halloween costume one year when I was in college. Okay. Well, actually. Cost 10 bucks. I think Wendy got it. I think Wendy's the one that got it because she was going to give it to Pee Wee. She, I think they give it to Wendy. I don't think she's the one who actually got it though. Okay. But the novelty condom that I bought at Spencer's for 10 bucks, yeah. you know what it was? What was it? It's a fucking trash bag. Really? <laughs> so pissed. Oh, yeah, I bet. But Wendy puts the novelty condom on Pee-wee's head. And this is where, in my notes, it, I bring up the question to you, Doug. Is she cute? Mm, she's cute, but her teeth are just, she's got bad teeth. She's got a snaggle tooth. Yeah. Kind of like Jewel. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, Jewel. But there, there's some genuine affection between Pee-wee and Wendy, I think. Sure, sure. And then Tommy does what Tommy would do, and he blows up the condom, and he is, finger quotes, fucking different girls with it. Right, until he gets to ball breaker. <laughs> and then it's just the air comes out of it, and the noise is not correct, because that would not make that kind of noise. No. But ball breaker throws it over her shoulder. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tommy has to talk to the old coach about this for what his punishment is going to be. And we find out that the young coach is actually now dating Lassie. Right. But and the old coach says, you know, he says, I'm not getting anywhere with Honeywell. And, and the mid the middling coach says, you got to get her upstairs. Yeah. And Tommy gets his suspension for what happened with Ballbricker. What was his suspension? Or what was his, uh, what was his pe- penalty? Two games suspension and 2,000 laps. That seems pretty fucking brutal. Yeah, it does. I mean, he didn't really do anything that bad. I mean, no. I, maybe it was because it was the 50s, but when you compare it to some of the other shit they do, that was kind of minor. Right, but he's like, I'm going to get her back. Yeah, but I, I was suspended for several basketball games <laughs> my junior year. Okay. Yeah, not not two games. I was spe- I was actually suspended for four weeks. Was that for putting a tarantula in somebody's locker? I don't remember if it was for that or if it was for the other dumb thing I did. I, what was the other dumb thing you did? Uh, I I got caught um, stealing a semester exam. Oh, case. yes. Okay, we talked about this in the previous podcast. But I think it was actually for the – it couldn't have been the tarantula thing because the tarantula thing was I put it in my um, driving partner for driver's ed locker. So that would have been mm-hmm. when I was a sophomore. So this had to be junior year when I got caught <laughs> stealing semester okay. exam key. Fuck, okay. that was bad. That, that yeah. was not a happy day at the Bach household. No, I'm sure it was not. I'm sure it was not. But they all head out to Porky's, and they are riding in the back of a pickup truck. And I remember riding around in the back of people's pickup trucks. Did you ever do that, Doug? Oh, God, all the time. I mean, I had a pickup truck that people rode around in the back of, 
I was in the back of a pickup truck one time when we were being chased by the police. <laughs> and, and the dude was going like 80 miles an hour through this residential neighborhood. That was scary. Uh, and then I actually was in the back of a pickup truck one time where we got pulled over. And it wasn't, it was no big deal. I mean, that's just kind of what you did. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's, but, if you, yeah, but. But Porky has, they drive past uh, the police force or a police station that's right before the driveway to Porky's. And we find out that Porky has his own police force. His, the town that they're in, this little shit town, I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, right. Is actually, it's just where Porky's is. And it, it's kind of like Disney. Disney has its own city that is their own police force. Mm-hmm. And once again, the, the cars in the parking lot, I just, I just, I love just how amazing it would be to see those kind of cars like at an auto show or something like that. And sure. they're all in great condition. And they're that's all the one, in great condition. That's the one thing that actually is kind of unrealistic is whenever you see a, a period film and they show, you know, cars from the fifties and sixties, they're all mint condition cars. And you would think that just the reality of it, some of the cars would be in pretty poor shape. Yeah, but you're also going to have a lot of mid cars also. I mean, you pull into Target parking lot now and it's, you know, most of the cars look like they're in mint condition. Right. I suppose. But they're they're talking about their IDs and Pee-wee forgot his ID. So how how is Pee-wee going to be able to get into Porky's? Uh, I don't remember. How is he going to get in? He he's going to use Meat's ID. Okay. And how is Meat going to get in? He just looks old enough? No, he's going to use his Bible school card. Okay. And I remember at Madison, even if you knew the bouncer, you needed to show some kind of ID. It didn't need to actually show that you were of age. You just needed to show something to him so that they could say that, yeah, they showed me something. And people were using library cards, credit cards, anything. Sure. Normally. Hold, hold, hold on a second. Yeah. So we just came back from getting a drink. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you hear that? Did you hear that exchange? I, 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 I could hear the conversation that you were having with your son and how you told him that you were having a white claw and he said, you're being kind of a homo and then asked you if you'd be drinking wine next week. I was actually going to bring that up. Yeah, fortunately, that was awesome. I, I had my, yeah, that was nice. Thanks to my youngest son. Questions my sexuality. Of course, uh-huh. this is also the son who um, complains that since they're home from school, that you know sometimes Jen and I will you know knock one out in the middle of the day. <laughs> and he's like, really in the middle of the day? It's disgusting. So yeah. Okay. All right. So where were we? Okay. So they're at Porky's. Yeah, the bouncers and... let them all in. Yes. And there is a little person that is leading a parade of women. Yeah, it's it's a roundup of gals. I have it in my notes that it's a pussy stampede. And I went to YouTube to see if I could find any kind of clip where I just typed in pussy stampede. And the first thing that came up was this clip from Porky's. <laughs> you didn't send that to me. No, this this is the clip from Porky's. This is what I typed oh, okay. in. I thought, you, I thought it was the one that you had sent to me. No, when I typed in pussy stampede yeah. at YouTube, this is the clip that it showed me. Right. Was this was the little person with the roundup of, of hookers. And there's the, the beers are a buck each, which, once again, that's that's pretty darn expensive. Sure. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Pee-wee and this, and this is one of the things that both of us pulled, even though I told you that I had pulled it, is uh, the stripper asks Pee-wee if he wants to take a peek at her boobs. Want to take a peek? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I've never been at a strip club where it operated like that. No, usually it's the gals are up on stage, they do their whole thing, and where they strip down, usually it's two songs, and then you throw dollar bills at them, and then they come around and they rub their fingernails across the back of your shoulder and maybe touch your ear and the back of your neck and breathe in your ear and until so you give them more money. Right. And one of them, I can't remember who it is, actually says something pretty pretty smart. It's like, yeah, don't get, don't let them convince you into buying them overpriced drinks. But when, when was the first time that you went to a strip club? I was in Atlanta uh, with my friend Brian. We went down there. It was over spring break. I think we were 19, maybe 20, probably 19. And we just went to, down by Atlanta to visit his aunt and uncle and stayed at their house. And we went out one night and you could go to the strip club when you were 18. Yeah. I think the first time I ever went to a strip club was actually for my brother's bachelor party. And that was difficult because my fake ID was my brother. Uh, okay. So we had to go in separately. And it was, it was my, my brother, some of his friends, my dad was driving. Okay. <laughs> and me. But it was, it was, it was a good time. The yeah, marriage I didn't remember, work out, but. Yeah, I remember thinking to myself, I'm just going to be walking around with a rock solid dick the entire time. That's, that's not the case. No, it, it's not. And, you know, the, I've told, uh, strip club stories on the podcast before, so I'm not going to get into those again. But it is, it's it's weird because it, it's almost surreal. It's almost like it's not real. Mm-hmm. The and, lighting, the, the lighting, kind of gives it a dreamlike state. That's and, part of it. And there's a strip club here in Columbus that used to be an Olive Garden, <laughs> and it it kind of kept like the Olive Garden decoration where it has like these white painted posts with like fake vines on them and stuff. And it's just weird. Mm-hmm. And so I, I got a question for you here, Doug. Okay. Matt's got a question for Doug. So if you had to guess, not including strippers, and only including like real life things, so not like video, not YouTube, not X hamster or whatever, how many naked women do you think you've seen in your life? <sighs> 15 or 20. Okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, I, I mean, I think about like, like in high school and stuff, a lot of times that you are making out. You, you, you don't chick, see, you feel a boob, but you don't see a boob. You have, yeah, you have a chick shirt off. The lights are off. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that that's probably true. Yeah. Now, and it is, when you think back to when, when we grew up, you know, it was, you had Playboy, Penthouse, mm-hmm. maybe a Wii in there. Or a Hustler. Yeah. And, but those were, you know, catch as catch can. You had to, you had to come across those in the woods somehow, <laughs> you know. Ditch porn. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like today where on any given day, I can see more naked women in an hour online than I saw in my entire childhood growing up. Sure. And it, it almost like lessens what it is. But that's why seeing it in, in person or seeing like someone you actually know, because we've talked about like 
girls we went to high school with that was, were strippers. Like, yeah, I definitely would go see them. Mm-hmm. But I have a, and this is kind of a, this is another question before we get back to the movie. And this is kind of a um, ethical question for you. So you obviously probably know what the fappening was, right? Yes. So let's say that not necessarily the fappening, but one of your friends calls you up and says, Doug, I was on X hamster and such and such girl we went to high school is on X hamster with her husband. Would you immediately hang up the phone and search it out? Well, I mean, I kind of figure that, you know, for show research, for podcast research, I would owe it to our audience to, to, to take a look at it. And, you know, because Jen and I talked about it. It's like if, if you found out that someone that you were friends with had had was on a porn site, would you go check it out? And yeah. I definitely would. Oh, sure. So would you feel bad about it? No. Okay. It would would be, you? Would I feel bad about it? Yeah. No. 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 no I, it would be a weird conversation, though, I think. Like if, if it's, it's similar, like if you go to a wedding of someone you had sex with, it's just weird. Yeah. So, um, where my boys went to daycare, there was this gal that worked there and she's a good looking girl, single, but had a kid and had a boyfriend. And I was, you know, perusing X hamster and I'm like, wow, that really looks a lot like her. So I, I called friend of show Chris and I, and I I sent him the clip and I'm like hey take a look at this and then you know I I and I'm like and then go to Facebook and we were trying to find like moles on her neck and, you're and, breaking you know, it you're doing some CSI shit on this tried to like see the shape of her eyebrows uh, it came back inconclusive okay so yeah. it's possible I remember back when my kids were younger I had my kids were in daycare and the daycare that they went to is actually on our street and we got to know the owners and most of the girls that work there. And there was, this is back when I was doing stand up more and obviously because of COVID haven't really done anything in a while, but a bunch of the girls that worked at this daycare were at a stand up act that I did at, at mm-hmm. the funny bone. And I was talking about vibrators on stage and you could distinctly hear the girls from the daycare go. Like hey, you know nothing wrong with that, I guess. Right. So, so they want to they 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 go to the bartender and they say we want to talk to Porky, and the bartender laughs and he's like, "All right, if that's what you really want." Yeah, and Porky comes out and he's kind of a big fat dude. He's tall and he's yeah he's a big fat guy and they tell Porky that they want five girls for an hour for a hundred bucks. Yeah, they want to party with some girls up in the pen. In Porky's yeah, pen. He, he, he tries to send them home. He tries to do kind of the right thing and say, just leave, go home. But they keep on trying to negotiate. And he says, okay, I'll give you three girls for a half an hour for a hundred bucks. And they said, they, they take that deal. Yeah. And Tim just doesn't think it's right. And Porky basically says, Hey, I know you are some underage kids from, from Angel Beach. You know, you can leave. And he does have a Confederate flag pin on his hat. I don't know if you noticed that. Yes, I did. But somehow, the entire crowd, everybody that's in the bar knows what's going on. Yeah, they are in on the whole gambit. And they go out into this little 
area where they're supposed to wait for a knock and then go through a door. And Porky pulls down this lever and then he pulls the lever and it drops them into the water. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you, you watched this or you actually looked at it from a critical eye. That would be very dangerous because it was not very deep. Not knowing that, you could have easily broken a leg. Oh, sure. That way. Sure. But Mickey runs back into the club and pushes the bouncer, and he wants to fight him. And they they all come out, and Porky pushes all of the kids, except for Pee Wee, into the water. And I thought, that's kind of a weak railing that he yes. pushed them through. Yeah, it's just a two-by-four with a couple of one-by-ones holding it up with a nail or two. And the, the cops show up, and Pee Wee is just trying to sneak out kind of like behind everybody. And we are introduced to the sheriff, who is played by Alex Karras. And Alex Karras is probably best known, besides being a football player, for what? Being the dad on Webster. I'd say it's a Webster reunion, but I think this was actually before Webster came out. It would have to be. Was he also in Blazing Saddles? I don't know if he he was in Blazing Saddles. He was in um, the football movie, though. Uh, with uh, the longest yard, longest yard, yeah. He wasn't Mongo in. No, he wasn't Mongo. He, he wasn't okay. Mongo. That yeah, I know but, for sure. But Alex Karras and the gal who plays Cherry Forever, I don't know if they still are married in real life, but they are married. They were married in real life. You sit on a throne, dude. It's, it's not a lie. It's not a lie. But you can, <laughs> Matt, Matt, you can look it up. It's science. <laughs> but. Alex Karras, as the sheriff, has showed up, and he has who the guys are kind of pegged. Well, yes. looks like to me we got five Angel Beach assholes here. He does the whole busted headlight thing. Yeah, and that's almost a yeah, trope. that You've seen that in, in a ton of films where they're, they're breaking the headlights and stuff like that. And it's, usually a, it's usually a southern thing. And, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever heard about or read or seen the things where if you get pulled over in the south – they can really just like take everything of yours. Yeah. And, uh, but the cops take all of their money and Mick is just pissed. And you can tell he is not going to let this go. Right. Well, there's a dude while this whole thing is going on, there's a dude standing next to Porky who's holding a machine gun. Yeah. There's, these are not guys you, you would want to mess with because, you know, they, they will fuck you up. Right. Right. But they, they're back at deadbeats. So that means they've, drove the 70 miles back mm-hmm. and Mick is still pissed and he wants he to wants go back to, go to Porky's. Back. Yeah. Yeah. But his brother rolls in and he talks him out of it. And yeah, Mick says he's going home and the next day the young coach is, is talking to Lassie and she blows him a kiss as she leaves and the middle coach sees this and just starts taunting him. Mm-hmm. And, and how does he suggest to get Lassie up into the equipment room. Uh, I don't know. Says, you know, persuasion, guile, charm, and if all that else fails, just ask. Yeah. But, you know. On the basketball court, Tim gets rough with Brian, the Jewish guy. Yep. And the old coach suspends him. (laughs) Right. Immediately. So obviously this was not a first offense. This is this is something that has happened before. But now they're in the locker room, and Tim refers to Brian as a kite. Yeah. And Brian's like, "It's you can't even if you're going to be a racist, at least be racist 
correctly. Yeah. And and that's the thing is I I remember watching this and it's like that doesn't sound right. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, no, that's because it's not. Right. right. And but they're going to actually fight it out. And so they go outside and Brian is just beating the fuck out of Tim. You know, well, I, he's not beating the fuck out of him, but it's not even a close fight. It, it's just like, you know, jab, jab. And Tim is not getting any hits in at all. No, but he says this to Brian. That Oriental Marshall bullshit on me is going to get real expensive. But it doesn't because yeah. Brian kicks his ass. Yeah, just absolutely kicks the shit out of him. Yeah, and, but then the young coach comes in and breaks it up. And you know, at, Tim won't shake hands with him after it's right. over. Right. And Tommy and Billy are talking to Brian, and Brian has a sweet-ass ride. Mm-hmm. What kind of car was that? Do you know? I do not know. I don't I don't know. I know it was in the IMDb notes, but I, I didn't write it down. But uh, um, somebody refers to Tim as a schmuck, mm-hmm. and he says, hey, that's Jewish for prick, right? Close enough. I, I, no, I looked it up. It is. But but Brian says close enough or sort of or he 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 doesn't say yeah it does, but th- what Tommy and Billy are talking to Brian about is he's an asshole but he's our asshole is right. is kind of what they're saying, mm-hmm. and then we have a scene at Deadbeats and this is probably one of the scenes that much like the the Top Gun sing to women actually ended up kind of happening over and over. So just take a listen. Uh, hello. <laughs> Hi. I, uh, I'm looking for a friend of mine. He's supposed to be there. His name's Michael Hunt. Uh, uh, Mike, Mike, yes, Mike. Mike Hunt? Okay, just hang on a minute. Is Mike Hunt here? Is Mike Hunt here? Has anybody seen Mike Hunt? Frank, you down from what I Hey, Frank, ask for the car hops if Mike Hunt's outside. John phone call for Mike Hunt. It's great. Yeah, and I've I've talked about this before that one of the things I love is I love a woman who can talk dirty, mm-hmm. and there is nothing sexier to me than, than a woman that can use the c word just naturally in conversation. Do you remember off of the freeway as you were going east towards Brookfield? And the exit, I think it was Highway 164 that you get off to get to um, American TV. And there was a hill on the north side that people would go and, and with rocks and they would write stuff yeah. on that hill. I remember driving past there one time and it said, Mike Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, there was uh, – there, there's two of them. There's uh, – I, I already told the, the town and country story about uh, Whitman Park in Oconomowoc, right? Uh, I don't think so. So there was a, a grocery store at Whitman Park in Oconomowoc off Highway 16. And okay. it was town and country. Mm-hmm. And the O and the R oh, were, yes. were burnt out. So I said town and country. Yes. And then another time when I was down in Texas, uh, cold, cold, what is it? Cold Stone Creamery? Mm-hmm. The C was burnt out. <laughs> so it okay. said Cold Stone Reamery. <laughs> But you, the the hill you're talking about, the hill that people used to put rocks on, yes. For my graduation, um, 
our salutatorian and valedictorian who both very, very by the book people, uh, actually their parents took them and they went up there and they rearranged the rocks to say Cam, Val, and Sal on okay. that hill. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. Interesting. So, uh, at the restaurant after the whole Michael Hunt scene, uh, we, we find that meat is wasted. And why mm-hmm. is meat wasted? Because he didn't get into Princeton. He got into 20 other colleges, but he did not get into Princeton, which is where he wanted to go. Right. And the cops notice that <laughs> meat is wasted. And Billy tells the cops that meat is diabetic. And they do this thing where they're feeding him sugar cubes. Right. And the cops... The cops think that that he's drunk, and they kind of threaten them a little bit. And as much as they are standing up for their buddies, they they back off when the possibility of them getting in trouble happens. Yes. You know, I'm not a doctor, but I swear this youngster's inebriated. Oh, no, no, sir. No, 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 but if we find out he's drunk, we're going to book the whole lot of his accessories. Smashed up. Son of a bitch does it all the time. <laughs> so Pee-wee just fucks him right away. So these are these are the like the city cops, and Mickey's brother must be like a county sheriff? Yeah, because he talks about the county, Seward County. Okay. And Brian steps in and saves the day, and he talks about, well, he just got dumped. And he says, certainly, if, if your wife left you, you could understand why you'd want to tie one on and one of the cops says this my wife left me i'd get drunk for joy <laughs> don't get married <laughs> don't ever get married yeah the prince clip from yeah. uh but uh the cops let let him go and just just say get him home and almost immediately mickey crashes into the parking lot he's all beat up and where's he been he's been the porkies <laughs> and he's all fucked up and they talk about taking him to the hospital, and he gets in his truck and just drives off. Yeah, so 70 miles, that's a, you know, easily back then on those backcountry roads, hour and a half, two hours there to Porky's, and then another hour and a half, two hours back. Is right. that really worth it? Uh, you know, you used to drive half an hour to go to the grocery store. You know, times yeah. were different then. Sure. I suppose. But the next day, Tim is turning in all of his shit for the basketball team. And we find out that his dad beat him up because he found out that he got beat up by a Jew, which is an, you know, an offense in his dad's eyes. Sure. Did I ever tell the story about uh, having to turn in my, my basketball uniform and <laughs> the uh, athletic fee? No. So my senior year, um, I quit the basketball team midway through the year. And the coach was a fucking asshole. And not that I'm still angry about it or anything, but he actually, he fucking called me out in the local paper, <laughs> which was really? bullshit. Yeah. And so I, I had the, uniform. How, 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 how did he call you out in the local paper? He said, because they had had an article about everybody that was on the team and they pointed out the seniors and then they interviewed him like midway through the season, right about the time that I quit. And mm-hmm. he said that, well, all obviously we're having problems because we're, it's all juniors and all the seniors on the team either quit or were kicked off, which wow. was specifically about me, which was fucking bullshit because I quit. 
Because were I quit. Others, were there any other seniors that really did quit or got kicked off? Uh, Blake Dahls. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, he, he didn't care. There's no. one one guy um, that that quit, and that was basically it. I mean, none of the all the rest of them didn't even bother. They just didn't. They tried out, and then they're like, "No, nah, I'm not going to play." And everybody played intramurals, and that's why I quit was because intramurals was starting. So I was playing intramurals, and I had I still had my uniform and stuff, and he wanted to bring up somebody else from the the class below you to play who is a really okay. good athlete and he called me into his office you know during school and he said you know matt there there's there's really not a place on this team for you i'm like yeah that that's one of the reasons why i quit <laughs> mm-hmm. and he said well i i need you to turn in your, your uniform tomorrow i'm like well i had to pay an athletic fee to be on this team i will turn in my uniform when I get my athletic fee back, because it was like 30 bucks or 45 bucks, whatever. Sure. And he said, well, you'll have to talk to Mr. Schober about that. And I said, no, you'll have to talk to Mr. Schober about that. I'll keep the uniform. I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then I got called into Mr. Schober's office. <laughs> and okay. He, and he said, yeah, we will waive your athletic fee for track. So. Okay. So no. you gave the uniform back. Yes, yeah, so I did. No, I fucking. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm not still angry, though. <laughs> But uh, Brian actually goes and he talks to the middle coach about Tim and specifically about getting Tim back on the team. And the young coach is trying to get Lassie to go up to the equipment room. And Ballbricker is kind of walking down the steps. And she, once again, says something about eels. She calls them, they look like eels in heat. Interesting. And Lassie gets into a fight with Ballbricker. And Ballbricker brings up... The idea of moral turpitude. Okay. Any idea what moral turpitude is? Well, it's like a moral clause. Yeah, it's a moral clause, exactly. Right. And after this back and forth between Ballbricker and and Lassie, she drags him upstairs. And I'm sorry, I got a bunch of clips coming up here. Okay. But Lassie smells something. And for some reason, she loves the smell of the boys' locker room. It's the stinky jocks. And he hasn't even done anything to her yet. And she just attacks him, and they mm-hmm. kind of like fall ass over tea kettle into like a cart of jocks. Right. And <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm gonna, I can't get through this next one without laughing. And this is where her name of Lassie is is finally explained. this is happening the middle coach is just dying laughing yeah he, he like goes and hides behind like the the padding that's on the wall <laughs> this is him laughing mm-hmm. yeah and it is it, it, it's so funny but he's just and the other coach kind of comes up and he says <coughs> yes and then he the middle coach is finally is able to like quiet her down and we get one last thing from her Yes! 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 Yes!
and everybody is just laughing as, yeah. as, as they're hearing this. And how does he get her to quiet down? He stuffs a jock in her mouth. Yeah, he stuffs a jock in her mouth, which right. that's disgusting enough. But then he kisses her while she Ugh. has a jock in her mouth. That's yeah. that's beyond the pale. Yeah, that's a little bit nasty. So <laughs> uh, I was living still with my dad, and my bedroom was directly below his bedroom. And I brought a girl home from a, a drinking party, and I was we were having sex, and she was so loud. I had to stop having sex with her. Because I'm like you, I, like you got to be quiet. She's like, I can't help it. And so I'm thinking, I'm like, no, I'm like a fucking stud or something. But I mean, you know, your missus said several weeks back, all women are different. They right. all orgasm differently. I, mean, I, I at one point I took my pillow and put it over her face, and she's like, I can't breathe. I'm like, you have to be, you have to be quiet. Uh, but she couldn't. She couldn't help it, and it was the craziest thing. And I wish I knew where she was. <laughs> But the the young coach comes out and he gives an excuse to the older coach. What what does he say was the cause of all the ruckus? He had some diarrhea. Oh, sorry, I'm late, coach, but I had a case of the runs. Boy, it hurt like hell. Probably hurt me all the way out here. And that brings us to probably the most famous scene in this movie. And what do, do Billy and Tommy say they're going to go on? Oh God! Uh, I, it's 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 something great. I can't remember what it is, but what was it? Beaver shoot. A beaver shoot. Yes. <laughs> right. So they go and just to set the scene, there's like this little crawl space, and they and there's these pipes. Mm-hmm. And what are what is the purpose of those pipes? I'm not quite sure. I I I, I was trying to actually figure out any justification of what those pipes actually do, and I could not come up with anything. But it's, it's, there's three holes and there's three bars that go into these holes and they're all run concurrently on one bar. So when they raise the bar, all three of them come up and expose the three holes. Right. And I think it's, it, it's Billy that says this. Jesus Christ, it's the mother load. I've never seen so much more. You can knit a sweater. <laughs> but yeah, what else, what, what is there? Like five? Oh, I think it's more than that. It's it's probably like eight or nine total women in this scene. Okay. And you know, I I have to when I when I pull clips, I have to assign images to them so I can readily access them, so I know exactly what it is that I'm looking for. And I actually pulled a very famous Demi Moore picture oh, yeah. <laughs> for this. So, do you want to talk about your thing here, or you want to talk about it in a minute? In a minute, because first, Pee Wee is. He's got somebody that's blocking his view. Yeah, and his way of handling it is awesome. God damn it, will you move it, you lard ass? <laughs> yeah, but it's her. They refer to her as Blubber McNeil because she's she's a she's a larger gal, and I mean, they show quite a bit of her. Yeah. I don't think you could get away with doing that today. Yeah, it is a little bit of a fat shaming. Yes, and I actually. In, in research for this podcast, I, I, I read this series, or I found this series of articles about how movies from the 80s are not aging well as far as political correctness. Uh-huh. And they, Porky's was one of the ones they did an article on. And they said that Porky's actually has really aged better than a lot of them, surprisingly. But they pointed out this thing as one of the, the problematic parts of this film. 
Sure. Both the whole fat shaming and then also the voyeuristic element of it. But it's real. <laughs> and so they, the gig, the jig is now up. They now know, these women now know that guys are watching them. So they cover up, but they don't leave. And Tommy has puts, He puts his tongue through the hole. Right. He puts his tongue through the hole. And I think it's Wendy. What, what does Wendy do with it? She puts some soap on it. And, you know, this is probably not what he expected from a glory hole, right? No, certainly not. Excuse me while I whip this out. Oh, wrong one. <laughs> Sorry. Today's feature presentation of Glory will not be seen. What? Oh, I love that movie. Oh, man, that's going to leave a big hole in their lineup. What's going to fill the Glory hole? In place of Glory, we will be showing Shaft, starring Richard Roundtree. What? You can't just shove Shaft in a Glory hole. Yeah, I know. It'd be better to put in that movie about the two girls who meet Nixon. What's that movie called? Dick? Dick would slide right into that glory hole. No, no, Dick's too short for that glory hole. But if you also put in Edward Furlong's movie, Pekka, you got Pekka and Dick in the glory hole, and you got a tight squeeze, but it, it ought to fit. <clears throat> there. Yeah, so Tommy then decides he's going to put Wait, his penis... Even, even before that, there's a thing before that, and this, this is great, is Tommy is actually talking to them, and he he, he pretends that he is there in an official capacity. Uh, don't be alarmed, girls. This is just your health department. We're here to check out all unlicensed pussies. Please step forward and spread your legs. Uh, originality, neatness, and hygiene. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I'm sorry. Oh, yes. Yeah. But, yeah, then he, after Wendy puts the the soap on his tongue, he says, I'll, I'll give him something to play with. And he sticks his penis through the hole. Right. And Wendy immediately goes, I know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, Pee Wee and Billy are watching on either side and they see that ball breaker has come in, but they don't tell Tommy. They let the following situation play out. Hold on, hold on, hold on. T- Pee Wee wants to say something, but, um, uh, What's his name? There's Tommy and Billy. Billy. Billy's like, no, 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 no. Kind of puts his hands up like. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. He, yeah. He wants to tell Tommy that Ball Brickard's there. He's like, no, no, no. And yeah, this, oh, no, there's somebody coming for it. Yeah, but they're kind of BFing their, their, their peep spot. Yeah. Well, at this point, there, there's no way they can go back there. This is the end of this peep spot. It's sure. It's all done. But yeah, Ball Bricker, you know, gets a handful here. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm Polly the Penis, and I just love to have fun. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> oh, hold still, man. She's coming for it. Oh, boy, she really wants <laughs> it. Here she comes. <laughs> She's almost got it. She's almost got it. She's got it. She's got it. What what is the what is the upside that Tommy is hoping for here? I mean, just the head is sticking out anyway. What I mean, someone coming for yeah. what? What is he possibly going to get out of that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's okay. a there's a great clip from um, the Man Show with Adam Carolla and Jimmy Kimmel where they recreate the scene, but the gal who grabs I think it's Jimmy Kimmel's penis like takes it. 
and she like she runs out of the building with it. <laughs> it's like wrapping around like posts outside. It's just this big long elastic penis that goes and goes and goes. All right, so Ballbricker is now in the principal's office with all three coaches and the principal. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Yeah. The girls go back to the locker room, and I imagine they had a conversation somewhat similar to this. <laughs> Listen, girls, there's money to be had, fast money, and we don't have to do anything more than what we do with our boyfriends, and they certainly have fun, don't they? And we're all still virgins, aren't we? So that means it's time for the show, the game show that's sweeping the nation. And now it's time for Name That Porn Star. Okay, this is actually kind of embarrassing. Um, do you want the movie or do you want the actress? I want both. It's uh, Debbie Does Dallas. Yes. And it's Bambi Woods. Yes. <laughs> it's an all-time classic. Yeah. I mean, that's as far as like naming a porn star from dialogue, that is pr- probably as close to a, a softball as you can possibly give. Yeah, yeah. There, I, I, had to go look, I had to look at a lot of clips. <laughs> Every week, Doug laments his having to slog through hours of porn, you know, five minutes at a time to <laughs> be prepared for the podcast. <laughs> and I usually need like an hour break in between <laughs> each one. So, but as I said, Ballbricker is now in the principal's office with all three coaches. And this is a long clip. It is actually originally a four minute clip that I macheted down. Okay. But this is. Jen did not watch this with me. She caught parts of it as I was watching it. And she, like me, was laughing out loud during the scene. It's funny. So I'm just going to let this one play out. All right. Now that penis Mm. had a mole on it. I'd recognize that penis anywhere. But I've got him now, and I'm not going to let him slip through my fingers again. (laughs) Now, five young boys in the nude, a police lineup. So that you can identify his tallywhacker. Uh, please, please, can we call it a tallywhacker? I know it's him. That tallywhacker had a mole on it. And that mole is the key to it. Mr. Carter, I think I have a way out of this. We uh, call the police. And we haven't sent over one of their sketch artists. <laughs> Have you seen this prank? <laughs> Report immediately to Beulah Ballbreaker. <laughs> Do not attempt to apprehend this prick, as it is armed and dangerous. It was last seen hanging out in the girl locker room at Angel Beach High And... After the scene is over, they push in on a picture of who? Ike. Dwight D. Eisenhower. He's yeah. got this smirk on his face. It's great. <laughs> and they actually had to shoot this film, or this film, this scene 30 times to oh, get it really? correct. Yeah. Wow. And it is one continuous shot, and it is, I believe, about four minutes long. Yeah, it's a great scene. It's the longest single scene shot from any movie in the 80s. Really? Yes. Wasn't that a, a trivia question in the previous podcast? I talked about it in the first podcast when I said, when I was giving you a hints as to what the next film we were going to do was. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. 
So now we find out that uh, Tim is back on the team. So Brian talking to the coach has actually gotten him back on the team. And there is a school dance. We don't know like what the theme is or what it's for or whatever. But Mick is missing. And Tim... Mickey gave Beat the slip. Yeah, yeah, because Meat was supposed to be watching him. And uh, Tim's dad is there, and he is picking on Brian. Right, kind of bitch-slapping him back and forth. And Tim pushes Brian out of the way, and Tim calls out his dad. And Tim's dad is just... Oh, no, no, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah Tim's that's... dad starts beating the hell out of Tim. Yes, that's when he starts bitch-slapping him back and forth. And then um, Ted... Comes in, the sheriff. Yep. And he socks him a good one. Yeah. And they, they talk about, um, well, if he, Tim actually says to his dad, if you ever come around again, he'll kill you. And the young coach is, is on their side. Mm-hmm. And they let Tim's dad go as long as, like, he completely walks away from it. See, you know, one of the things that, you know, you never see in movies, and people don't really talk about, is, if you kick somebody's ass, whether it's next week or next year or five years down the road, a lot, most people are going to look for some sort of revenge, whether it's like slashing your tires or, or returning the favor or doing something. People are weird, man. I mean, if you get humiliated, you get your ass kicked, you're going to, fi- you're, you're going to think about revenge. You're, and and it, it, there's consequences uh, that go along with that. With kicking somebody's ass, yeah. And see, even though even though Ted is the county sheriff, he's got to think about cons- the consequences of kicking this guy who's been in jail for manslaughter. Right. You know, fortunately, I, I don't hold a grudge, so I, I wouldn't know anything about that. Okay. <laughs> right. All right. I gotta pee. Okay. Are you okay? My <laughs> beer fell out of the. I know. I heard it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, on on piss breaks or breaks to go get a beer your wife is concerned for your well-being and my son questions if i'm gay so <laughs> that's yes, how things your, work on this podcast. Your sexuality yes, really, yeah. <laughs> but uh they do this thing with uh scale hold on did you did you start yeah recording? i'm recording okay all right they, they do this thing with scale here thank you for checking though about they put this short girl with meat and this tall girl with peewee right and then, almost as if on cue, Mick shows up, and yeah. he's beat to hell. <laughs> Broken ribs, impossible collapse for lung. Yeah. And they actually do call an ambulance this time. And I didn't mention it in the first time. The first time that he came back from Porky's when he was there on his own, what what did he say? What damage did he do to Porky? Uh, I don't I don't know. He said that he broke his, his hand with his face. Okay, yeah. But... Uh, the, the cop is going to go out to Porky's. Mick's brother is going to go out to Porky's. And then Brian steps in and says he has a way to settle things without anybody getting hurt. Right. And the, the coach o- says – and the coach is in because he said he had a, a run-in with Porky also. Yeah, he had, he had a scar. And he also talks about he's only 23 years old. His mm-hmm. name is Roy. Right. But uh, Brian is going to go do some recon. And who who joins Brian to do some recon? Uh, um, Tim. Yeah, Tim. And Tim says something to Brian about make sure you, they didn't, which they're not going to talk to him anyway, but make sure that they don't know that you're Jewish because, you know, they're, 
they're bigots out there or something like that, where we see that Tim has kind of grown a little bit. Right. Or at least in my notes it says, his heart grew three times its size. Yeah. It's, it, his, his racist upbringing is definitely nurture, not nature. But the next scene is several days later. Right. And we cut to Porky's, and there are kids hiding under a bridge wiring it. Right. right. Wiring it with what, Matt? Dynamite! <laughs> Once again, that's a clip I almost pulled myself. <laughs> so you have a series of kids that are doing stuff with the bridge. You have other kids that are messing with the cop cars that are just uh-huh. up the road. And, and then they're, they're doing something with the chainsaw. Yeah, and Brian is swimming, and he has his chainsaw. I don't know if that's a tire that he is using as kind of a buoy for the yes. chainsaw. Yeah. But... I, I was thinking with with the chainsaw, they're going to hear that. Chainsaws are not quiet. No, no. Unless they MacGyvered it somehow that it's like silent. I don't think back in 1954 they MacGyvered a chainsaw to be quiet. But they have a series of boats. Mm -hmm. And then the cop, uh, Mick's brother, actually leaves the kids there. And for the second time we hear a bird call. And now they wait. And what is it that they're waiting for? Uh, are they are they waiting for everybody to leave? Yeah, they're waiting until the Porky's is closed, so none of the the patrons will be involved. They'll just be sure. like the people that work there, right? But Billy walks in to Porky's and kind of calls out Porky. Yep, the boys from Angel Beach are here, and mm-hmm. even before that, one of the things they agreed on is if there are guns, the plan is off. Right, but. I'm sorry, if this happened, there would be guns involved right away. Well, if there were machine guns yeah. prior, I, I mean, yeah, there's going to be guns. So Porky walks out, and the kids have what I would call a wrecker or a, a tow truck. Yeah, um, what's the dude What's from uh, Cars? What's what's the tow truck's name from Cars? I don't know. It's done by the, the comedian where you might be a redneck if... No, that's not that guy. That's... Larry, Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah, that's not him. He's not, no, he's not the You Might... Jeff Foxworthy is the You Might Be a Redneck. Okay, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I got my redneck comedians confused. <laughs> There's only like three of them, so I don't know how you could get them confused. But, uh, you know, between the boats and the tow truck, they take out the bridge that Porky is on, which, by the way, they have repaired the railing from earlier right. in the film. But they're also taking out, like, part of the building... They could have easily killed somebody in this in these escapades. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Somebody would have gotten killed. Yes. But the cops hear it, and they're getting ready, and they take out the whole club, and it falls apart rather quickly. <laughs> right. Like, like, this place should have been condemned if it, if, it, if it was that easy. Yeah, a, a stiff breeze apparently would take this place out. Right. Like, and, God forbid there be a Category 1 hurricane. Yeah, well, fortunately, it's Florida. And hurricanes never hit Florida. No, never, never. I always refer to Florida as America's crotch. It's just, Florida is just horrible. You don't it like crotches? Is. Well, I, certain crotches, but, it, you know, they're sweaty, they're stinky, they're usually dirty, they don't smell good. Yeah. It's a, Florida is just, it's, my missus loves Florida, and I'm like, ugh, there's so much fucking traffic, and there's so many rednecks. And it's just strip mall after strip mall after strip mall. And there's no hills. There's no topography in Florida. It's just flat. Yeah, I can see that. But the the cops pull out of the cop station, and the first cop car goes in reverse 
through the yes. station. And I don't know a ton about cars, but I think changing the gears so that reverse or drive makes you go in reverse is or first makes you go in reverse would be kind of difficult. Yes. I don't know if that's possible. Yeah. But but Porky is depressed uh, because his his club is gone and the kids drive away. And as they're well, driving away, go ahead. They, they blow up a bridge. Yeah, that's they, as they're what, driving away, they blow up one bridge. And what do they blow it up with, Matt? <laughs> they blow it up with. <laughs> but the second bridge doesn't blow up. No. And the second bridge, apparently, the <laughs> was not wired correctly. <laughs> right. But Porky is following them in what he calls the pig mobile. <laughs> yeah, this big pig. <laughs> And the, the cops get in the second car, and the wheels come off of the second yes. car. Right. And that, all they have I could see them do. I could see sure. that happening. And all they got to do is they, they just have to get across the county line. Right. And the kids come tearing out past the police station. The sheriff gets into the pigmobile, and the horn, of course, is a pig thing like Doug just did. Yes. You're not going to do it again. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but... The kids huh. get get across the county line, and there is a big party waiting for them. Yeah, the whole the school band is there. Yeah, the marching band, cheerleaders. Apparently, it is a school-sanctioned event. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's buses full of kids there. Yes. And, and Porky and the sheriff are greeted by the sheriff from the the Mickey's brother, basically. Yes. And yes. the Angel Be- Beach sheriff says... Wait, these underage boys were in your club? And at this point, Porky realizes, no, I can't pursue this because this exposes me to a bunch of other things. Right. And the good sheriff, first he takes out Porky's headlight. It's almost a a Tip repeat of yeah of what had happened earlier, except mm-hmm. he, he shoots out the radiator, which is going to be a little bit more expensive. And, and then I think a tire, too. Shoots a tire, a radiator, and then he shoots the pig ornament. Yes. And then the the bad sheriff promises what happened tonight will be forgotten after much coaxing from Porky. Right. And Porky and the rest push the car back across the county line, and there is lots of celebration. Right. It's They're all saying it's the perfect ending, and Pee-wee's like, no, it isn't. I still haven't gotten laid. And, yeah... Tommy had made a deal with Wendy that if they pull this off, she would punch Pee-wee's V-card. Right. And Pee-wee says that he's not a virgin, or not even a virgin. What does he say he's not? I'm not sure. Cherry. Okay. And and they say, well, if you're not Cherry, then, you know, it doesn't matter. So then Pee-wee comes back with this. I'm Cherry. <laughs> I'm as Cherry as George Washington's tree. You could put me on top of a banana split. I'm so Cherry. <laughs> and... All this is happening as the credits are rolling, mm-hmm. and <laughs> Pee-wee comes out of the bus, and he needs a rubber because he doesn't have one. Right. And then Ball Bricker is in the woods, and she's basically hunting Tommy. Right. Pee-wee the, comes- rub- the, the rubber is too big, so they tell him to tie a knot in it. <laughs> yeah. And then Ball Bricker comes out of the swamp, and she's de-pantsing Tommy, and the yes. police take Ball Bricker away. Right. But finally, Pee-wee has done the deed. And we are informed this by him doing this. Do you know what that's from? Yeah, this from Revenge of the Sith. No, no, no. no um, oh, you are bad. I'm, I'm ashamed of No, that's 
when he, oh oh I'm sorry it's from Return of the Jedi it's when he's oh. swinging onto the uh, wow. walkers with wow. the Ewoks yeah that was a that shame <laughs> shame but Wendy pulls Pee Wee back in for mm-hmm. round two and Tommy turns to the camera and what does he, he say he well he breaks the third wall yeah he says geez <laughs> yeah. And as almost all 80s films does, this one ends on what? A freeze frame. Right. So that brings us to... Oh, this may sound silly to you, but kids go completely ape if you do three things in a picture. Defy authority, destroy property, and take people's clothes off. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> yeah. And, okay, so I, I, I don't know how you felt about this movie going in, but did this movie hold up for you? Yes. Yes, it did. I, I was a little concerned when I think it was, uh, what's Jarvis's name again? Mickey. Mickey. When, when Mickey drops the N-bomb like right, three minutes in. But it's the only one. Right. And it is surprisingly way, like I said, it's a progressive film as far as how it handles things. And sure. there, there are some points in the film. It's not a well put together film as far as filmmaking and stuff like that. But I laughed out loud several times during this mm-hmm. film. And yeah. is it a great film? No. But is it a good film? Is it worth watching? Absolutely, in my opinion. Sure. So sure. W- would I, you recommend it? Oh yeah, absolutely. If you know, if you haven't seen it, yeah, watch it. It's a fun. It's it's a fun sex flick. You know, teenage sex movie. It's. I don't see where the all the hubbub blue was with it being so controversial. I mean, yeah, there was a shower scene with you know six seven eight naked girls but that's something that we had seen before yeah so um so you'd recommend it i would recommend it to anybody that hasn't seen it um i'd I'd love to recommend my kids to see it because they would just be confused by the pubic hair but (laughs) question is okay so this is kind of a trivia question Full frontal nudity in major motion pictures. Has there been more female or male full frontal nudity? Oh, I I would say female. No, it's male. It's not even close. Really? I can think of three films that have shown actual genitals of women in mainstream films. There's Basic Instinct, um, Showgirls. And then okay. the re- remake of Psycho, where you can clearly see okay. Anne Hache's okay. asshole. Okay, so like not just Bush, but yeah, Bush's like, hair—that's not actual sexual okay. organs. You see penis in tons of films. There's penises okay. in this film. All right. Okay, okay. So, anything else on this film at all? No. Okay. It's a good film. Great. Watch your. What you watching? You want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. So, um, are you familiar with the concept of edging? We've talked about this in prior podcasts. Yeah, I, I know. Yes. But yes. So, as I had said at the top of this podcast, um, Jen is out of town. Okay. And we watch some stuff together, some stuff I watch on my own. We watched the first 12 of the 13 Punisher episodes. <laughs> and then she left okay. town. And, oh, you can't watch the 13th one. You have to wait for, for me to get back to town. 
So I'm sitting here with my dick in my hand from E. Yeah. That's that's complete bullshit. So what what do you think so far? Um, it is is brutally violent. Right. Um, there's a couple logic jumps. Um, I'm guessing that at the end of the twelfth one, it's it's kind of where Frank has gotten away or he's gotten rescued at at the um at their hideout that they've been at. So it'd be interesting to see how it, it shakes out. And it also be interesting to see where a second season goes. Okay. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. I, ha- I have enjoyed it. It is brutally violent. Oh yeah. I, I do think that the, um, the parental warnings that they have on the top front are, are kind of bullshit because it says nudity and I yeah. have not seen any. I know. No. And Madani. Oh, she's hot. The whole fucking with clothes on bothers me. I don't. Because of she's, the realism. Right, but she's just, she's like smoking hot Persian. I, I think that, uh, um, Micro's wife is hot as well. Yeah, yeah, she's good. Yeah, there's a blonde that shows up, I think, in the next, wait. Is the reporter in this one? The reporter's in, in parts of this one, and actually when you bring it up on Netflix, she is one of the three characters that is shown on the thing, so I'm assuming she must have a, probably a bigger role in the second season. No, well, she's in, she's a she's from Daredevil, character. right? Yes, yeah, and that's where Frank's uh, character is introduced. So, Daredevil is really good as well. Okay, so do you want me to just run through yeah. mine? Okay, run through yours. So, just once again, spot checking here and there, different episodes of the Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started watching a show called Imposters, which is. Basically, there's a woman who marries guys and steals their money, and she has a crew that she works with. It's a comedy that was originally on Bravo. It, I'm a couple okay. episodes in. I don't know if that's going to stick. And then the last two things are I watched the last episode of Voyager and the last okay. episode of Enterprise because I'd okay. never seen – actually, I had seen the end of Enterprise because Enterprise has a Next Generation crossover, but I'd never seen the end of Voyager before. And it, like a lot of Voyager, is shit. So, what's the crossover from Enterprise to Next Generation? The last episode of Enterprise is all a holodeck, holodeck simulation, and Riker is interacting with the Enterprise crew. Oh, oh, that's right. That's they're kind of going back and revisiting what happened in history and how the one dude died. Right. Exactly. Okay. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Okay. Anything else? No, that's it for me. <clears throat> All right, so I watched Snowden on Netflix. Have you seen this? With um, no, but I didn't even know it was out there. I probably would if I knew. It's really good. Okay, it's uh, Oliver Stone, and yeah. uh, from what I understand, it's pretty true to what actually happened. And if that's the case, our government sucks, sucks so bad because they are listening and watching and can basically do anything they want to with your information and with your PC and with your camera. It's pretty disgusting. Yeah. Um, I watched The King on Netflix, which <clears throat> is about Henry V. Uh, it's with the dude. He's going to play Paul Arrakis in the new Dune movie. Okay. And it's really good. It's slow, but the combat uh, and the political play is very interesting. I started watching Icarus on Netflix, which is the documentary on um, 
performance-enhancing drugs and sports. And it's everybody's like, you got to watch this. It's great. It's Oscar-winning. It was really boring. And it wasn't that good. So I only got about a third of that in, and I said, I'm, not, I'm done with this. Uh, another movie that was suggested was Sub-Zero on Netflix, which is a Spanish movie. And it's basically uh, very suspenseful. Um, I don't even know how to explain it. Cops are transporting some prisoners, and some bad guy wants one of the prisoners, and it basically turns into a, a cat and mouse game. It's good. It's it, the ending is good also, and then it, you know, with Netflix, it always shows you, oh hey, you should watch this. This is top ten in the United States this week, and one of those is The Vanished. And when I read the the plot of The Vanished, it's somebody's child gets abducted or goes missing. And I really have a problem watching those types of movies. I mean, there's a movie with uh, Hugh Jackman and Jake John Hall yeah. with called Prisoners. I can't watch it. it it's It would just freak me yeah, out I, too I saw much. that. Okay. Is it good? Uh, it, it's been it's been a minute since I saw it. I, it was – because I think that's from like two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember watching it. And I remember it – I, I, I kind of have the same thing where that's a tough thing when, when you have like kids that are being hurt or kids that are missing or whatever. Right. And plus it's like anything with Jake Gyllenhaal, I'm thinking about his sister's tits and that, <laughs> and that's, that's tough. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I started watching Dunkirk, but I fell asleep. It's not that good. Didn't you say it, I was supposed to watch that? I don't know. It's, I saw it in the theater when it came out and I haven't seen it since. And I remember one of my chief complaints was everything is practical. It's all practical effects. So when they're showing like this, the beach where there's supposed to be three or 400,000 soldiers waiting to be picked up by, by merchant ships and, and military ships across the English Channel, they're only showing, you know, groups of hundreds of guys. And that's a, that's a Christopher Nolan film. And why he chose to go that route of no practical effects I don't quite understand because it's it's not as impactful. Like there is a movie with um, uh, the guy who plays not Patrick Stewart, but the other guy who plays Professor X in the X Men movies. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, I know who you're talking about. And it's a World War Two movie, but there's a like it's it's one of those very long scenes, and it takes place on the beaches of Dunkirk, and that seemed real. That seemed chaotic. This didn't. This just doesn't seem like that. Um, and then I watched today with uh, Chadwick Boseman, Twenty One Bridges. Mm -hmm. Really, really good. Highly recommend that. I don't know if you saw. There's uh, a second season of um, For All Mankind is coming out. Yes. It. I, I watched the trailer for that, and it looks a little too pew pew for me. Really? Yeah. Okay. And. I, I really like the first season, and mm -hmm. we'll see how it goes. I don't know if my Apple subscription has expired or not, but I, I just think that it, it's, it does not feel like the first one. The first one felt almost like a faux documentary, and this okay. one feels more like a action-adventure series. Okay. Well, I know, that, I know that that season ended with something going to happen, like some combat or... Well, they had uh, the different, you know, there's Russians on the moon and Americans on the yes. moon. And they were kind of like, I think one of the Americans had actually kidnapped one of the Russians. 
Okay. And had them in their base, if I remember correctly. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. So, yeah, but that's it. That's what I've watched. Okay, so Doug has, I don't know if you've abdicated permanently or at least just temporarily, the the question segment. It's hard hard coming up with a new question because we ask each other so many questions during during the the course. Yeah, I actually, I pulled one from what would have been (laughs) what's going on to this. So... Matt. Dog. <laughs> Didn't do a great job jumping in there. That's all right. So, okay. I saw this article online um, about someone that was outraged because they had been forced to wear a jacket on a plane. Um, they had checked in and they were flying from somewhere in Australia to someplace else and they were wearing like a crop top and you know bare midriff and big boobs and striking woman and she was offended that people had taken notice of that and the airline made her put on basically this shitty work vest to to cover up basically okay and uh, I think I said when I was on the plane when I had on the plane on the podcast when I had traveled in December, I actually wore pajama pants on the plane because I just don't give a fuck. Right. And multiple people actually said something to me about that. Really? And really? I, it didn't bother me that people said things to me about like, that because... On, on the plane they said it to you? No, they said it to me actually in the airport. What did they say? They said, seriously, you're traveling in that? And then somebody that was actually a worker said, you look really comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> And my thought is, I have, I have warranted that attention, those questions by my choices that I made. Mm-hmm. So, and this is a very difficult subject because it, it can get into blaming the victim. But do you think that you as an individual are responsible for thinking about what you're wearing and what the public will think about it with you out in public? That's a tough one. Uh, you know, I go back to with you wearing the pajama bottoms. If you were on a Greyhound bus, nobody would even think twice that you were wearing that. You wouldn't catch a look. You wouldn't catch a comment because you're on a Greyhound bus. Well, what is an airplane? It's a bus with wings and engines. It's, you know, it's, it's more not expensive. Like, it's more expensive, but it's, it's the same freaking thing. Uh, but then again, at the same time, somebody who's dressed like that provocatively, they are dressed like that provocatively so people look at them. And, and, and that's, that's where it's difficult. That's where it's, it's hard to actually parse that out because are you aware of that? And I would think that you would be, but we've talked multiple times on this podcast about yoga pants. And yoga pants are everywhere, thank mm-hmm. God. I'm not complaining about that, but women, any woman that listens to this podcast, if you are out in public wearing yoga pants, guys are looking at your ass. Mm-hmm. It is just a fact of life. And I, I, I don't think that it is a simple question, but I, I can't say that men are a hundred percent to blame for looking at a woman's ass when she's wearing something that is drawing attention to her ass. Right. That would make me very, very uncomfortable if I were in public and I was just wearing like this skin tight 
pair of pants over my body with no underwear, I would feel very uncomfortable with that. I don't know how women do it. Yeah. Well, well, we, we talked in, in this podcast, it, you know, the Cherry Forever talked about peewee. And, you know, you, you hear a lot about the, the difficulties that women face because of body image and the things that are out there. But, you know, guys also have that. There are guys that are cut, that are built, that have six-pack abs. But there's also guys that have, you know, 10-inch penises. And these are things that guys think about. Well, I mean, you think about as far as like comparatively, not about like, oh, I want a piece of that. But it is a, a thing where as a guy, you also have certain ideals that are out in the public eye that you can't live up to either. And, mm-hmm. you know, guys, you know, how many times have, how often is it out there as an insult? It's like you have a little dick and that's something that is, there's literally zero you can do about that. I used to go deer hunting with this guy. He used to come with us. He's, he's like my dad's age. And he was telling me that, you know, he was very open about the size of his penis. Mm-hmm. And his nickname in high school was Footer. <laughs> well, I mean, if you have a foot-long penis, you're going to be very open about it as well. <laughs> and, and he said that he would have to fold it and then fold it again and then tuck Otherwise, you know, he would have this his his Johnson, you know, like down his pant leg, and it would be very visible. So, poor guy, yeah. poor guy. <laughs> well, but you know, I, I I feel like I have a very average size penis. Okay, and my missus has an average size vagina. <laughs> Well, you that's know, because of you. Even after pushing out two kids without any drugs, she has bounced back quite nicely. Um, oh, because fuck, I, I'm going to have to cut this. What? No, you're not. Because I've had sex with women who've had kids, and it's like a hot dog down the hallway. <laughs> okay, but you're, you're great discussion points, Doug. Love to hear about your penis, but you, yeah. you're but, going. But, over... I'm, but, I'm, but I'm saying, I'm saying, a dude with a big schwanz, a, a woman is going to be like, wow. That's at first, you know, like you watch the pornos where you know these guys pull these big dongs and they're like, oh my god, I've never seen anything that big before. That's going to hurt. I would have to imagine it's going. You know, it's for an average woman, it's going to be too big. That's why. That's why. You know. The average penis is not a foot long. But you're completely getting away from the question of... Oh, of course I am. Is, is there a certain amount of accountability for choosing yes. what you wear in public? Yes. Yeah. Have some cooth and decorum. Easy enough. Howdy, partners. Now it's time for Listener Reaction Roundup. Yeehaw! I got nothing. I got nothing either. Okay. <laughs> the only thing I had was, and this is always a fun thing when, and I'll probably get a call midway through uh, Jen's drive home on Sunday because she probably will be listening to this on Sunday when she's coming home, and there'll be something that I say or something you say that she'll be like, "Really, really?" And the the one thing that she had to say is, "Really, Doug, sex in your living room." <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's we are 
you know, I'm, I'm a boring person. My missus is a boring person. That's, we have sex in the bedroom and that's about it. Because we, I, we live in an open concept home. So both of our kids' bedroom doors are exposed in the great room and there's, you know, a catwalk and a, and a loft. Well, you've been in my house. Yeah. I had sex in your living room. <laughs> what have you had sex in my living room? We don't, we can talk about that offline. But um, the other thing that she had to say is, yeah, the gazebo I talked about, yeah, there's no way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I'm so excited. I don't even know what my next movie is, but I have them all written down, so I don't need to know. Three degrees for next week's movie, and I think I like it. Okay, I fully expect you to veto this movie. Okay. Uh, Kim Cattrall plays Honeywell in this week's movie. She plays Linda Isley in 1977's Good Against Evil. Richard Lynch plays Mr. Rimmon in that film. Rich, Richard Lynch pay, plays Mikhail Rostov in this 1985 movie. No clue. Stars Chuck Norris. Oh, it's not the one where he kicks someone down the well, is it? Missing in action? <laughs> Invasion USA. Invasion USA. Isn't that with um? Uh, no, that's Grandview USA. Um, I'm thinking Jamie Lee Curtis. It's <laughs> Grandview USA. Invasion USA. Yeah. Nah, no. All right. So we're doing. Are we doing Invasion USA? Or are you be doing this one? Yeah. So it's Invasion USA, and it is First Blood. Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, bring us on home, Doug. <laughs> I was really expecting you to veto that one. I, I was kind of hoping we would do the other movie that I picked, but that's okay. Well, the next time I pick, that will be Beg 2, so there you go. <laughs> okay, well, hold on a second. I don't, I don't even know. What, is this from Bag 2? Yeah, it's from Bag 2. Both okay, movies are pick, from Bag 2. Both movies. And then you picked... I don't even remember my theme. <laughs> I mean, I, if I had my little Tupperware thing with the bags in it in front of me, I would remember, but... Doug is an analog person living in a digital world. <laughs> I almost spit out my beer. <laughs> hey, thanks everybody for listening. We really appreciate it. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, wait, wait, sorry. wait, wait, wait. I'm wait. sorry. I'm sorry. I got... I got I to gotta point something out here. Okay. Point I, away. I got... You know what really grinds my gears? So, we had somebody, a, a listener of the podcast, who, who very specifically had said, Hey, guys, if you don't do movie X, I'm going to be pissed. Right? Yeah. And then we did movie X, and we haven't heard anything from him. Yeah. 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 And that's what really grinds my gears. Yeah, that bothers me. And I did not pick that movie because of him. I had already picked my movies for next, for this season already. But still, you know, hey, we we satisfied your criteria. Yeah, what the fuck, TJ? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, 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 I'm a little disappointed there. TJ yeah. stands for... Oh, God. <laughs> now take us home. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. Do us a favor. Tell a friend. Go to Facebook. Like us. Go. By the way, we've had like a, a bunch of weird likes lately. 
they're oh all yeah, from like they're all from like West Virginia and Kentucky and Ohio. Oh yeah, I could I could talk about this. So, you know, I you had mentioned about how you're a little bit apprehensive about talking about the podcast on your main feed, probably mm-hmm. because you know we talk about people pissing on you. <laughs> Probably a valid reason to be concerned. It's like, you know, your pastors and well, maybe your pastors into that. I don't know. Yeah. But the, uh, we had a bunch of likes, like, dun, 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 right in a row. Right. All, all from, it was from my sister in law's son. So I guess my, my nephew. And he's, you know, he's 32 years old. So whatever. But it's like, eh, I, I don't know if I need my in laws hearing this side of me so yeah that was kind of like uh, and i said something to jen about it she's like well there you go (laughs) sure but and then there's also like a random no that wasn't that wasn't a podcast i got a linkedin request from a porn star which i thought was weird but anyway who's who's the porn star i don't remember i just accepted it oh yeah i finished now all right Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. You can email us at betamaxrewind at yahoo.com. Find us on Facebook, Betamax Rewind with Matt and Doug. Like us, like I said, tell a friend. We that's That would be the biggest compliment that we could get is if you told somebody to listen to us. That's all I got. All right. So we're all done. And just for the record, if you wanted to listen to every podcast we've done from pillar to post, it would now take you over five days to do so. So we will talk to you next week. I can't believe we're doing Invasion USA. (laughs) I've never never seen it. It's not good. (laughs) That's on you, buddy. I really wasn't expecting you to to not veto it. I was really thinking you were going to veto it. Oh, well. All right, we're done. All right, see ya.